And we are live here for episode two, the MCW cast. I am legacy MC of MCW, Larry Legend, joined by co-owner MCW Pro Wrestling, Dan McDevitt. I'm Tara Meyer, and I do the things here. And we've got a very special guest in studio with us here. John Minidakis. Of Jimmy's um, Famous, Jimmy's seafood. Famous seafood. seafood. That's right. Do it in stereo. MCW Cast by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash mcwcast and for just $3 you can buy the cast a coffee or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just $5 a month and get several additional perks. That's buymeacoffee.com slash mcwcast Successful episode one, rolling on to episode two. But Dan, I remember at the end of episode one, you were mentioning how uh, you fans out there can support us. And I got to just say a huge thank you for all the support in the chat and on Twitter. Uh, But another way that you can support us is by buying me. Yeah, buy us a cup of coffee. Buy us a cup of coffee. It's a subscription service. Uh, Go to buymeacoffee.com. Backslash MCW cast. Thank you, Dan. Well, actually, to interject there for a second, Larry, it is a subscription service or a one-time thing. So you can literally just buy us a cup of coffee. Absolutely. And that's what I'm enjoying right now. It's it's cold in Baltimore. It's about 33 <laughs> degrees. So if you want to show support for us, go ahead, subscribe or one-time tip uh, for a cup of coffee. And we'll talk about it. We'll shout you out right here on the cast. Right. We'll talk about what we're drinking, what we're enjoying. And don't forget about these nifty MCW cast mugs. These are also available online. Another way you can support us. On Teespring. Yeah, teespring.com backslash MCW cast. That's right. We got to pay the bills. <laughs> and speaking of which, I want to say a special shout out. Thank you to Al Brune, who bought us our first cup of coffee ever last week. Thank you very much. Longtime fan. And also a shout out to Ray and Danny Hess. Thank you for your support. And thanks for checking out the show. So thank you to everyone that's been reaching out to us. And thanks for the cups of coffee. Yeah, I got a lot of feedback. So yep. in, in, in the different um, different platforms, we were, we were streaming Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Um, a lot of comments and a lot of people personal messaging me on Facebook and uh, a lot of fans, fans, you know, that, that I haven't heard from in a while. So it was good to hear from them. And I was glad that's the point of it to reconnect. Yeah. To reconnect with our fans. And, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to hear from you fans uh, for the entirety of the MCW cast. And we're going to talk about ways that you can do that uh, in this episode. We're going to talk about ways that you can connect with us, not just from buying us a cup of coffee, but also on the social media, how you can get directly to us uh, during this episode. We're going to talk about ways of staying connected. Absolutely. How about uh, Twitter? They want to send us a tweet. Hashtag AskMCWCast. That's right. That's a... That's a great call out, Dan. Uh, You know, also this episode, we're going to talk about last week's guest. There's an update, a big update on, uh, you know, MCW kind of like number one son. I like to think of him, Leo Rush. So we're going to definitely cover what's going on in the world of Leo Rush. Right in his MTV show. Indeed. Yes. Which was a big, big milestone for him. Um, and, And of course, you know, we had a legendary guest last week. Let's roll right into episode two with another legendary guest. 
He's sitting right here, right? Don't ignore John Minidakis, <laughs> Jimmy Seafood. That's right. A local celebrity indeed. I was just watching you on the news, sir. And uh, thank you for coming on here to your home away from your home at MCW Pro. That's a great way of putting it, man. I definitely feel home every time I open those doors and when I pull up. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, well, you know what? I want to hear about the Indie Roundup. That was probably my favorite part of, of our uh you know, podcast last week was the Indie Roundup. I'm ingrained in the Indies. I'm here, there, and everywhere, so I, I can't wait to hear from Phil again uh, this episode, the Indie Roundup number two. Yeah, and he'll give us, uh, kind of give us an update what's going on. I know he was traveling this weekend. He was down at some shows in Florida, I think. Yeah. But we'll hear from him when we get to that segment later. He'll kind of cover where he was at. Indeed. But um, as we started off with, we got to pay the bills. We got a lovely studio here. It's a little chilly, so the coffee's doing us uh, doing a body good. But right now, we're going to pause for station identification, and we're going to be right back and get this episode kicked off the right way. Show your support for the MCW cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com slash stores slash MCW cast. You can pick up a full line of official MCW cast merchandise from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts. Visit teespring.com slash stores slash MCW cast. Station identification. I love sending us to, to break. It reminds me of uh, watching WWF uh, superstars and you'd hear for more information on Coliseum video or, you know, something like that. I love that. Yeah, exactly. The bumpers. All right. Well, and we are back now. So thank you for that, Larry. So we want to start off with um, an update on our guest from last week and our guest in, in studio. Was, oh, well, through Zoom was Leo Rush. Now, Leo has been here with us at MCW. He's one of our first students. We talked about that last week. But as he explained when we talked with him. Well, it got a lot of mainstream attention, mm -hmm. actually, um, him eliminating himself from the show. And, um, you know, I've, obviously, Leo's one of our kids. He's one of my students. I've, um, I've had a lot of personal conversations with Leo over the years, so I'm always biased. Um, but, you know... To me, I always live by no one sleeps in your skin. Um, and, you know, especially nowadays in the world of the Internet, everybody's got an opinion. And when you're someone like Leo that's in the public eye, whether it be in the WWE or on the MTV show, obviously everybody has a voice through Twitter and social media that kind of comment. But at the end of the day, no one no one sleeps in your skin. And, and to me, um, Leo made the best decision for him, his wife. Uh, his children and his unborn child, um, and I support that because I love the kid. And if he, you know, if he did what he he felt was right for his family at that time, then I mean, I got to support him. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, I, I mean, if I could encapsulate uh, one of the best qualities that I've learned of Leo is that he's a noble, a very noble individual. And if he walked away from this opportunity then it definitely was for a reason that he can articulate, speak to, and stand behind. I think it was uh, a very powerful move to having have the one door closed, his WWE career closed on him. Then they didn't have a, a window open, but decide, you know what? This is compromising who I am mentally, who I am spiritually, and the best thing for me, and like you said, Dan, my family, is just to walk away. So noble and powerful is, is what I see that move as. Not even really knowing all the details. I know him enough as a man to know that if he made this decision, it was the best thing for him, his family, and uh, just 
the qualities of a caring person. Right. And I'm going to prioritize that. I think that's such a powerful statement. And, you know, like he was saying about being that role model to people, like, we need this, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. we need this kind of compassion and understanding and not, you know, labeling someone with a negative stigma because they've said, hey, this is affecting my mental health. And <clears throat> from a professional standpoint, he's going to land on his feet. Anyway. Oh, God, he already has. Yeah. Already has. You know, <laughs> such, I mean, again, I'm biased, but uh, I mean, he's such a talented kid, such a talented kid. Um, so, yeah, he's he's going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things that he had said in one of his Instagram posts, um, not the one that we just had up there, but he was saying that, you know, the so many things coming up, because like you said, Dan, he is a phenomenal performer. You know, you said, Larry, he's, you know, such a good person. I mean, and this is just the whole package here. This is, you know, the evolution of Leo Rush. Yeah, I'm we're, so proud of him. We're getting to see him grow up in, yeah. in before our very eyes. And that's, uh, he has no idea the impact that that has on, right. on <laughs> us having seen so many come through the doors and just right. go on to the success. It's, yeah. We're just yeah. all so proud of you, Leo. And, um, you know, thanks for being the number one guest on our podcast. And um, I'm, like Dan said, He's going to land on his feet already has. Sky's the limits. Yeah, and we always got his back. He knows that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. All right, another thing. I want to give a shout-out to Nick Camarado, who appeared on uh, AEW Dynamite this past week. Yeah, Nick, you looked really good on TV. I know uh, John Moxley personally, and I know the type of uh, real – Bruiser, yeah, yeah. pardon the pun, right. you know, and do some good work with him. And I, I, I was well, highly entertained about by that match and a uh, good show in Nick. Yeah, they called him that uh, when they were talking about it on commentary. They referred to, you know, his resemblance to Bruiser Brody. And, yeah, it's a, that's definitely some an association many people are making. So good luck, Nick, and we are really happy for you and best of luck to you. Yes, indeed. Um, so I got I to gotta chime in here real quick. A uh, lot going on in the world uh, <laughs> around us. And um, with all of, uh, you know, don't really don't want to get too political here. But with everything that I've been seeing, I've been noticing that there's been a particular meme that's been popping up all <laughs> over the place ever since uh, the inauguration a few days ago in our nation's capital. And uh, as a matter of fact, I feel like I saw one of those memes with someone sitting right here in the spot that I am. And I'm talking about the Bernie Sanders memes that have been all over social media. How about those? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? That's what's so nuts about <laughs> So much overwhelming support and request for the mittens. Oh, he, oh my gosh. Yeah, she's a woman in Vermont. Uh, her name slips my mind right now. But the woman who made those mittens, not only have everyone been laughing about this, uh, the humor of it, but they've also been like, I need a pair of Bernie mittens. They're even right. called that the Bernie Mittens. The Bernie Mittens. Oh, she's going to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, well, she lives in Vermont already, so I'm sure she's doing all so right. Was she, uh, she was a teacher or something, wasn't she? Yeah. And so she made them uh, two years ago for him, and uh, I thought it was interesting because the lining of the mittens are recycled bottles, I believe. Wow. Yeah, so, and that, you know, Bernie is very environmentally Indeed. conscious, so I thought this was great. And, you know, they look warm and cozy. I mean, <laughs> come on, I want Bernie Mittens. The, the Mittens. The mittens got over. The mittens got over. Yeah, right on. Uh, but Bernie, Bernie was uh, like I said. That, he, they, they should say Bernie three sixteen on the mittens. You're right. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, it'll, it'll get over. They'll sell yeah. even more. Yeah. Bernie um, three sixteen. Oh, oh. I just warmed your hand. But you know what? I'll look at him with Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> so Bernie um, is actually. Uh, 
he's capitalized on this, um, and he's made a sweatshirt that you can buy that has his uh, meme on it, and it is to support Meals on Wheels in Vermont, actually. So <laughs> you can go to the website and buy the sweatshirt, and it's $45, and the proceeds go to fund Meals on Wheels, and they've already raised $45,000. Wow. Which I think is pretty great, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I should hold my <laughs> tongue when talking about, you know, the, the median income of someone from Vermont, because with an organization like Meals on Wheels, that's mm-hmm. critical in yeah. bringing food uh, to the elderly, to people that are down and out on their luck. And that's all that Bernie's about is taking care of your your fellow man and woman. So Yeah, I think it was a good heartwarming story that we need right now. Absolutely. You know? and it, it was it, it was great. I I loved it. And I think the best part that I liked about it, and many people mentioned this online, of course, is that he just looked like the inauguration was just a stop on his to-do list that day. Like, all right, well, as soon as this is over, I got to go and pick up some dog food. <laughs> yeah. I got to go maybe get a coffee and maybe, you know, and it just, it, it. It was very real and approachable, I thought, and I, I just like that about him. I agree. Very, that's a great way of encapsulating it. Oh, very thanks. real and approachable and warmed the heart. So, it was. So yeah. Thank you, Bernie, for warming our hearts this week. And thank you for all the creatives out there on social media to take something like that. I mean, who do you think was the first person to be like, I got to make this a meme, you know? And for, and for non-intentionally stealing Joe Biden's heat. Oh, oh, right, right. Came I'm in. Kind of like WrestleMania 3, Savage Steamboat. Right, right. Like they stole, they stole like, Hogan and Andre, Andre, yeah. They didn't mean to, but like, you know, they did. It, and it'll go, to, go right. down in history as being one of the best parts of that inauguration. Right. Uh, but, you know, speaking of Bernie supporting a good cause and putting that up there as a, you know, a way to support Meals on Wheels, we're going to pause one more time just for station identification. We're rip-roaring. We got a guest here. We yeah, want to talk to him. Get John, uh, get right into this as soon as we get back. Engage with the MCW cast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch for a chance to get your questions answered on a future episode of the cast. Or send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMCWCast. We've got our guest here, John Minadakis, obviously a great friend, um, has become a great friend personally, um, but also Jimmy's uh, famous seafood has bef- has become a great friend of MCW Pro Wrestling. John, man, really thanks for coming out. Thanks for having today. me. It's a huge honor to be the second guest, and I mean, huge shoes, obviously, to follow with uh, Leo, so <laughs> I guess i got to do my best today. <laughs> well, it's, uh, a, it's a lot going on, man. Um, like we're Larry, we were talking earlier. Um, we were just in the news on Fox Forty Five. Obviously, um, you know the big thing going on with you know everything going on in the world. Um, you know, I've always said about you guys, um, Jimmy's the the thing that I've been most impressed about the couple years we've become good friends is how much you and your family continue to always give back um, to every organization that you can and. Uh, let like us talk uh, right now. You're doing a um, you got to go fund me set up um, to help Baltimore restaurants. Obviously, Baltimore City, um, uh, there's been a lot, the restrictions have been a lot tighter than surrounding counties. And um, I guess when they were shut down, indoor dining was shut down again in November. Uh, yeah, so this first day in office actually shut us down, so we missed out on the holidays, we missed out on New Year's Eve, we missed out on most recent Ravens playoff run and by we I mean everybody mm-hmm, not just right. Jimmy's right so um, it, it was like a, a death blow honestly to a lot of these places a lot of places have already closed up for good 
Uh, a few are going to try and make a comeback when things do get better. But, you know, based on which publication you're reading, the estimates are anywhere from 40 to 70% of restaurants won't make it back. In Baltimore City? Nationwide. Nationwide. Uh, in Baltimore City, I, you know, based on the conversations I've had with everybody in the industry, you're looking at at least half, wow. which is really scary. Right. Uh, it's like a plague. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had to do something about it. And we've kind of been very overwhelmed by the response. We've already saved 11 restaurants. We started this thing Monday night. Because we made the bet with Dave Portnoy from Barstool before the Ravens game that if the Ravens did win, I got to pick any Baltimore restaurant or bar that he has to save with his Barstool fund. So when the Ravens lost, I was really bummed. Not because they lost, because I feel like I let somebody down. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's right. livelihood kind of depended on that bet. And we were already getting suggestions on social media from who we should select in the case that the Ravens do win, which we all expected. And this reading of those stories uh, was like heartbreaking. So I just sat down in front of my phone. And I uh, just, you know, dropped a two-minute promo. <laughs> I channeled my inner wrestler. And I just, you know, it's like wrestling. When you speak from the heart, it's real easy. Right, right. And I just, you know, I ripped it in two minutes because Twitter needs you to have it under 220. And right. um, uh, the response has been overwhelming. Uh, we're almost at $300,000 raised. So that money goes right from the fund to these places that need it bad. Uh, we're putting a little bit of a you know, wrestling slash theatrical touch on it by having the celebrities uh, call these people, let them know that not only they've been selected, but that they'll be getting the funds immediately, which is a little different from the Barstool Fund. But, um, you know, Dave Portnoy is kind of like, uh, at this point, you know, role model to not just me, but a lot of Americans because he's, you know, he's the working man's hero right now. Right. And for us to be able to replicate that uh, at a successful level locally is, to this point, the highlight of you know not only my professional life, but probably my personal life and definitely my my philanthropic life as well. So uh, I haven't slept much this week. Yeah. Much, my beard's getting a little thick here, um, but it's just like it's like a high, it's like a rush. Yeah, yeah. And Dan, you you can relate to uh, you know giving back and helping out in times of crises. You know, MCW for years now. One of our staple events has been the Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup, and that all sprung from that. What what can I do? Your heart. What what can we do for this family as they're experiencing a tragedy? And it goes hand in glove uh, what Jimmy's is doing, kind of the core of, of who we are. And that leads me to wanting to know, you know, Johnny, you came into the MCW family uh, around a time I wasn't really, really here. So how did how did this connection even spring? Uh, yeah, so um, it, it's weird. I, I had uh, I, I had heard about John a lot is. You know, we had mutual friends, and um, we were doing a show in Greektown, um, and that was probably, oh, geez, 2014, 2015? Yeah. 2014 or 2015, yeah. yeah. I think um, so. I remember doing the show. I remember. It was great. Yeah, the guy, Sam, that we were were doing the show Mm -hmm, with that was the sponsor – he was he and he he said you got to meet this guy John from Jimmy Seafood and I'm like yeah I've heard about John I know he's a wrestling fan I know you know like there's a you know you hear you know that they're wrestling fans at Jimmy's it's like a wrestling fan family and um, that's how and, and I don't even think we officially met I think like because you were like we may have exchanged emails or or text messages or something but right around that time. Um, we kind of met and just kind of hit it off, and right away we all, we 
Kinda, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think Dan's missing a few parts. <laughs> it's been a while, right? <laughs> it's it's kind of like a three-pronged introduction. Uh, you know, right. with that Greektown show, they approached me, and they wanted me to be a part of it. And I was like, uh, you know, I was a little bit of an egomaniac back then, and I was like, <laughs> well, Sam's the show. I'm not. I'm not sharing the spotlight with Sam. Like, if you want me, I'm, I'm the guy. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So, so I no didn't want to bury you. Yeah. <laughs> so I was so like, I was beating around the bush. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, but, you know, I, 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 I was very familiar with MCW. My first MCW show put, like, the strongest impression in my heart because as an industry, as a company, we're very transparent with our customers. And I think that's why a lot of them feel like they're part of our family. And it was a Christmas show, uh, and um, Kevin Nash had an altercation and couldn't make it. So Dan gets on the phone and, and gets Mick Foley here. But we still came to the show anyway. And Dan stood in the middle of the ring and talked to the people in the audience and told them exactly what happened. I remember mm-hmm. this. I remember I this. Like, and yeah. it just made such a strong impression on me. And that made me feel like this place is run like a family and I want to be a part of this. Uh, on top of that, I remember Rich Swan coming out to uh, Lionel Richie's All Night Long, which is one of my favorite songs. So the actual production and the performance in the middle of the ring was a lot higher than I expected. Uh, from you, know, you always hear these indie horror stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I was blown away. And the final part, Dan, I don't know if you remember this, and the two of you can probably attest to the, where I'm going to go with this, Dan was having issues with one of his food vendors, I believe, here at the time. So he was looking for an avenue to get Jimmy Seafood in here. And somebody told me, do you have time for a quick phone call with Dan? I took the phone call. It was supposed to be like a three-minute call. <laughs> oh, yeah. I already know where yeah, this is going. You know where this is going, right? Oh, yeah. Like, this is why we have a time. And I was like, man, this guy can talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. like 45 minutes. Welcome to our world. <laughs> <laughs> So that that was the introduction right there. So the three prong. That those are my three first impressions of right. MCW, and the rest, as they say, is history. So when you when you was there, there hesitant about doing the show back then because you thought it was going to be just like a typical what you would hear, like a, just a show. yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, it was in it was in the uh, Greek Town Square, which is an outdoor space, and you know, Sam's no offense, not in the best of shape. So I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're going to lump me in the same category as this guy. And I was taking really good care of myself back then. And I I was like, I'm going to have to pass on this one, man. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I managed Sam that night, actually. Great guy. Yes. Great guy. But, yes. you know, the spotlight's only so big. There you go. <laughs> so I, I always say that I, – I, so I even I, – I totally understand your thought process. Um I think when anybody in wrestling, like for me, I go back, there's always things, um, there's always things that I, I take with me, like through my wrestling career, that there, there's a handful of things that really stand out to me that I remember. So like one thing I remember um, when I was going up and, and I was with Axel and doing ECW and going and trying to get on shows, I remember um, Paul Heyman talking about... <clears throat> um, about how when everyone comes to those shows, like ECW at the time, and at the time WCW and WWE was around, and he said, if it doesn't say WWF or WCW, everybody comes to those shows for the first time, comes to our shows, he was talking about ECW, um, thinking that they're coming to see a second-rate show. Mm -hmm. 
So there's so from the moment we open our doors, we can't ever let anybody see second rate. We have to work even harder to show them that we're not some second rate show because they're coming with a, a preconceived notion that they're coming to some second rate mm-hmm. wrestling. And I remember seeing Patrick and Leo in that show too, and just being like really blown away by their. Uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? They had like an aura about them. At the oh, time. yeah. I you know what you tell, mm-hmm. Especially Patrick. I was yeah. like, that guy yeah. looks like a world champion. A million bucks. Yeah. 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 100%. So, so I always took that with me, and it was one thing that stuck with me, and I was like, man, it was like a light bulb. Like, mm-hmm. that's so amazing, and that's so true. Like, and I, everything I've done in MCW, mm-hmm. I've always tried to think, whether we're outside in a, doing a show in a, in a field at the, you know, Joppa Market or at the Green Room or, you know, in a food truck festival in Timonium. Like, I've always said, no matter what, like, we still have to make sure that we don't seem second rate, you know, and that we give that impression, so. Yeah, I feel the same way about Jimmy's, too. Yeah. That's, that's why I, I always have that chip on my shoulder exactly. because mm-hmm. people have a conception that, oh, it's in Dundalk. Right, you know, right. So they, they come there and they're blown away because, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's why I take a lot of pride in uh, our beer list, for example, our wine list, mm-hmm. uh, because they expect to come there and just get a crab cake and a beer, a Coors Light, and, and roll out. But you know, we have fifty something beers, and our staff is very knowledgeable on every kind of variety and what will pair well with which food. And they're like, "Wow, maybe this isn't just you know hole in the wall in Dundalk." And and they keep coming back. And once you get them the first time, yeah, you get you get them hooked if you do your job. That's right. right. Yeah, that's our fans are some of the loyalist fans mm-hmm. I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And, you know, we hooked them once and we keep coming. You know, they keep coming. We keep putting out for them. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's what I wanted to bring up. We've had um, over the years lots of different uh, non-wrestling uh celebrities or appearances oh, yeah. over the years, uh, some better than others. Um, and. Not just us, but wrestling in general has, you know, the, the Hall of Fame has a whole category for celebrities. celebrities and yeah. um, I would have to say most of them have missed the mark, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. where, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, th- what was there was just one two a few weeks ago on um, what was Snoop, it? Snoop Dogg. Dogg. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, you know, it's those things. He's in the Hall of Fame. No, but oh. he was in a he was. On a show. Oh, oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, well he's when, probably going to go in the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, when you see stuff like that, it's you know you just cringe and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, like you're you're exposing the business, you're making it look like crap. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that that's kind of always that uh, reputation is out there whenever you bring a non wrestler into a promotion for an appearance. And I wanted to say to you that when you decided to. Um, come into our family, so to speak, you gave it 110%, much like you do with your restaurant. And um, I know that Bruiser had trained you, and I had, I've had i told you this before, but um, I'll tell it to our fans. Um, he was so blown away by the level of professionalism. Um, whenever we would have these guests come in, they'd always get, you know, shoved over to RJ, and he'd have to train them and turn them into wrestlers, you know, in a couple of days of training. But with you, he was so blown away by your commitment and that you took it seriously. You looked like a wrestler, number one. You know, you came down, you trained, you did all the things, and that made it so much better. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that wasn't – that's probably why I was so hesitant to do it in the first place because anything I do, I don't want to half-ass it. Mm-hmm. And then when I came in here, I'd, I had no clue what to expect. And the first thing that struck me was the culture. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it starts from the bruiser and it goes all the way down to the newest student. And I was not expecting 
that kind of torture, honestly. Like, I have so much respect for professional wrestlers since going through that training. I could never do it for my livelihood, especially when they're doing it five, six days a week mm-hmm. and being on the road and being away from their families and taking those kind of bumps. And I thought about quitting, and I was going to approach Dan and Dean and say, hey, how about I just do like a chair shot and get the hell out of here? <laughs> but I didn't want to quit. I didn't want anybody, let, I didn't mm, want anybody yeah. down. And um, that's why I have so much more respect, not only for MCW, but the industry as a whole. And that's what made me want to start getting involved professionally with MCW because I saw the men and women that are in the back. And when you have a foundation like that, uh, you're going to go far, far, far away. And it's in any, any industry, but uh, just a really special locker room back there. Uh, the culture is second to none. And uh, I've always told Dan to shoot for the stars a little more so than he has <laughs> and fill up an arena or something. But, you know, I think MCW is a, a very special place. And you talk about the fans – when you see the same fans in the same seats every week, yep. it's it's just a testament to the consistency and the dedication that the product's putting out. And the same can be said about your restaurant. I see people posting the same, you know, mm-hmm. people posting. It's funny because many of them are our loyal fans as well. And, you know, as soon as your restaurant opened up again last week, it was, hey, we're going to Jimmy's, you know. And I, it's the same kind of There's testament. a lot of crossover. And, yep. you know, I'm not – a dummy. I know that they can get food anywhere else, and I think we do have very good food, but I think there's other places that are comparable. But they come there because they feel part of the family, and we make it our point to make them know that they are indeed part of the family. Like when we first opened yesterday, I know like Jalen Masters was there, Dawn was there. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Like you're you're only open for a few hours, and here come people that you know you know from MCW for more you know for better or for worse. That's where we know them from. You know, they mm-hmm. may have been customers before, but we know them as MCW people. Right. So it's amazing. I love how they were chatting online. Hey, I'm in the dining room. Come up and yeah. see it. Like, that's great. And that's that family atmosphere. You have it in your restaurant. We have it here. And we're combining. Like, it's it's amazing, powerful thing. It is. And, and if you run your business that way, I think that you'll withstand pandemics, depressions, because you're doing the right thing. And people see that. And I saw that the first time I came here. And we weren't expecting much. We caught, I forget who you were advertising. That. I think it was Kevin Nash. So we were all off of work. And I said, let's go check out this MCW thing. And you're expecting, like, the gym bleachers. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that you see on, um, it's still real to me, damn it, that guy. Yeah. yeah. And I was, you know, it was it was organized. We were, you know, t- told where our seats are. Mm-hmm. You know, there was people collecting the ticket stubs. There were merchandise tables. And we would just, we all left here, um, me and my friends. And we're, all, you know, we're at the time probably in our early 30s, late 20s. And we were just so like blown away, especially for the money, because it was the week bef- between Christmas and New Year's, right. and, mm-hmm. which, you know, Frank Remish is a very gr- great friend of mine. Uh, he's a president at the arena, and he told me that the Saturday between the Christmas and uh, New Year's is the busiest one of the year for the WWE, because everybody's off of work. They have money to spend from their gift cards that they got for Christmas mm-hmm. and whatnot. And we had just... Uh, finished going to a WWE show that Saturday, and we left thoroughly unimpressed. Uh, it was just very cold, and then you came for you know probably seventy five, eighty dollars. Oh yeah, piece. oh yeah. And then we came here, and it was probably like fifteen bucks, twenty we bucks, like, yeah. so much better. Bucks. Like we were just like, wow, that was so much better. <laughs> we like we got our money's worth, and that owner seemed like a real cool guy. So we should definitely start going back. And that was we all started coming back after that, and. Uh, that was kind of like our, you know, that's that was our transition from like the young party and crowd to, all right, we're adults now. On Saturday nights, we'll, we'll go to Joplin. We'll just watch an MCW show. Absolutely, yeah. We gotta we gotta take a quick break, but I want to just call out 
Johnny, it's so amazing to me that you mentioned that story about going to see a WWE event, you know, in the December time and real low energy. Mm-hmm. You come to an MCW event, and one of the names you mentioned there that really hooked you was Rich Swan. Yeah. Who I guarantee you that not too long after you saw him on the MCW show was whisked away to NXT. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show you how, you know, they have their eyes on the real pulse of the industry, which is in companies like MCW. Um, we can talk about it a little bit more, but we do, we do need to take a real quick break. <laughs> yes. um, stay with us. We'll be right back here with our special guest, Johnny Crab Cakes. back we're still here with John Mendedakis he's from Jimmy's Famous Seafood I'm joined with Larry and Dan and we're going to keep talking about this uh, wrestling connection that you have personally and also with Jimmy's Famous Seafood so you recently were named one of the top 10 destinations that wrestling fans should go to now on this list there's also the Tokyo Dome uh, the Performance Center and Jimmy's Famous Seafood, number five on the list here. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I was shocked, obviously. I get the uh, Google alerts, and <laughs> I, so, uh, I saw what it was about. I said, no way. And then, you know, you're going through the list. I think the ECW arena was eight or nine. Mm-hmm. No way Jimmy's should be ranked higher than the ECW arena. Let's get that out of the way first. So I think maybe it, it is one of the ten places every wrestling fan should visit because – they can actually get a meal there instead of staring at something. But it was really humbling. It was really humbling. And um, I know that we've kind of cemented our legacy now as, you know, the wrestling place alongside. I think there's a place called Calhoun's uh, in Boston and, of course, Ribera. And, uh, you know, I was just really – it gave me, like, goosebumps because we've always um, been very – outgoing about our support for professional wrestling, right? And I could tell you guys stories from when I was a child and living upstairs on top of the restaurant. The cable would run from the apartment to the downstairs bar. So there'd be a packed bar watching Monday Night Football, which was relevant at the time. And I would be flicking between Nitro and Raw. My dad would be calling upstairs, you know, there's people down here watching football. You need to put put it back on. Oh, man. Oh, wow. So you know, it's before texts and it's before emails. So I would go to school the next day. I'm like, guys, what happened last night? I missed it. And they're like, oh, man, you didn't see it. And this is what happened. I was like, I felt like so ripped off. So, you know, you would, you would always kind of hope for a bummer Monday night game so you can watch a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, we, we – we embrace wrestling fans, and a lot of eateries don't because we, as as fans, and I'm one of you, we have this like bad reputation as a, you know these booger readers that you know just nurse a soda the whole time, so they don't want them, and that's why the companies that we buy the pay per view events from they charge a fraction uh, for WWE and AEW events that they do for UFC and boxing because they have this stigma about them that you're not going to attract the crowd you want. Especially with AEW being on a Saturday night, mm-hmm. you don't want to have a, in a you know, let's say you have like a, a packed dance floor or you're a place that plays live music, you're not going to want to have what they call the black shirt mafia coming in, you know, 
uh, ordering a side of fries for three, four hours watching it. So we don't care about that. You know, we are we're one of you. So we want you to come here and have a great time. And we're going out of our way to give you unique experiences. We've done a million live podcasts with you know Conrad. Right before the, the most recent lockdown, we had a socially distant one with um, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, and it's just a really cool place for wrestling fans. And there's wrestling items on the menu now. There's the Roman Reigns roll. There's the Bruiser Burger. Mm-hmm. So they can appreciate that, and they really feel that they're at home. Right, and I, I don't. I th- you know what's something that's amazed me over the years <clears throat> that I don't think I don't think people still don't understand. Um, and whenever I have these conversations with people, they're like, oh, really? That's how it works? When talking about, like, Jimmy's or, you know, other restaurants that have done them. What people don't understand is with the pay-per-views, you don't just pay. as A restaurant doesn't just pay, like, the $49 or whatever for the right. pay-per-view like you would do at home. You pay based on fire code. Yeah, capacity. Capacity. Mm-hmm. So And that, and they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. So, we, you know, when I've always and, and push people to go, I'm like, yeah, you should go and make sure you eat and buy a couple drinks and tip the staff because, yeah, it's, you're, you're talking it could be a couple thousand dollars sometimes to, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. These pay-per-views. It's not, and yeah, people are always like, oh. is the going rate for most events. Yeah, so there you go. But right? you mentioned the staff, and the one thing I forgot to mention is the staff loves the wrestling events because they are the kindest people in the world. They are, yeah. you know, wrestling oh, yeah. like They're right. so, they're, first of all, they're always on time. Right, right. Don't want to miss one thing. Like they're waiting outside. If it's a seven o'clock start time, they're outside six thirty, waiting yeah. in line yeah. respectfully. But they're so courteous. They tip well, and they love it. And, and our staff loves it in return. And they love when they're they don't, most of them don't watch wrestling, so they don't get the chance. They're like, what are they saying? Yes, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, um, I, I worked in bars and restaurants for a number of years, for 15 years, um, and one of them was a sports bar, um, locally known for their wings. We'll just leave it at that. And um, they had at, they were trying to figure out how to increase uh, business on mon- Sundays and Mondays. And I was like, well, have you ever thought about showing, you know, the pay-per-views? And the managers were like, what? <laughs> so there we embarked on this, uh, you know, showing the pay-per-views, and this was when it was, you know, WWF. WCW and ECW. We showed that. We did the Monday Night Wars. So it was great. The managers were loving it because people were sitting in the seats. The servers hated it. They were like, this is the worst thing ever. I can't believe you did this. You know, and it was, it, it yeah. but this was 20 years ago. I mean, we're a different bunch of wrestling 20 fans years for ago. Sure. Actually, yep, absolutely. So that says a lot. Number one, for the wrestling fans, good job not, you know, stiffing the waiters and waitresses. Um, but, you know, just that kind of culture. And I think, too, it's Local, like I don't know that that would transfer to every town well, that's I mean, drawing. I've, it I've been I've been to wrestling events in like Philadelphia and mm-hmm. Tampa, and and they, I mean, it's probably more of a tourist thing because it's based around pay per view. Yeah. But I mean, wrestling fans, we we get a bad rap, but I think we've definitely evolved uh, because wrestling's mm-hmm. gone more mainstream lately. Mm-hmm. So I yes. think we're attracting more of a crossover audience as well. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one reason why I may think that uh, you're so high on the list for being a wrestling destination is because when you go into Jimmy's and you see that wall of fame, Mm -hmm. if you will, of so many wrestling personalities, AEW, ROH, MCW, Mm -hmm. fans sometimes are around Jimmy's just thinking, hey, you never know, WWE's in town, 
they might all go there right after Raw, oh, or right. you know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely see that. Well, that that's, that's the most common one for sure. Um, but you know, the guys stop in if they're in Philly on a Friday and have to be in Virginia on a Saturday. Guess where they're going to stop for that one o'clock crab cake? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know. And I think that's how it, it started with Jimmy's. Is the guys are on the on the road six days a week, five days a week, and their options are pretty limited by the time they get out of the show, especially if they're on later in the cars. So it's either Denny's. Or a place oh, like that. So when you come to Baltimore, it's pretty cool that you have a place serving pretty good food, and you know they're very friendly towards wrestling fans. So I think that's how it all started, and it's not a recent thing. I remember being a kid, and Mr. Wonderful would come in, Bam Bam Bigelow, Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart. But social media wasn't around back then, mm-hmm. so there was nobody dad, to right? spread right. the word. Yeah, my dad, dad took care of him. exactly. My, my dad was taking care of the guys, and I have a picture on Mr. Wonderful's lap when I was probably four or five years old. Um, <laughs> And then with social media and the guys being able to publicly say, hey, I was at Jimmy's when I was in Baltimore, it spread like wildfire pretty quickly. You know, I I really feel like that Ring of Honor, I feel like that that really started bubbling a lot with the social media, with Ring of Honor. I I was with them for a little time, and I remember just looking at Twitter and all of the guys, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Mm -hmm. shout out to Jimmy's, just left there. It was delicious. Mm -hmm. and. The next thing I know, you know, that well, wall that of fame. Well, get it over, and you got to give, you know, to what you guys have done social media, social media-wise. It definitely took that to the next level, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you got the, the, the main, like, quote-unquote Jimmy's guys, you know, Roman, Braun, Jericho, always talking about Jimmy's. And that goes a long way because those guys get probably paid a lot of money to endorse places. <laughs> right. And it's organic. And wrestling right. fans know better than any other fan base out there what's real and what's fake. Mm-hmm. Right. So they know that man, that's that's pretty cool. They enjoy it there. I'm gonna go. Th- I'm gonna go try the Roman Reigns roll. I'm gonna go try the Bruiser Burger. I'm gonna go try the UFO that Braun ate. And it's better than going to a McDonald's or it's better than going to even like a Roost Chris because there's no connection there for you as a wrestling fan. Right. 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 And these aren't just random wrestlers stopping in. You have close friendships with many of them. Uh, in particular, I want to bring up Roman Reigns. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> you guys look like you could be brothers. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, yeah. So we got to go into, um, we got to tell a little bit deeper story, here, <laughs> which, which is just hilarious to me because when when um when we started to get to know each other and become friends, um, back you know a couple years ago and started hanging out and and more of these guys started coming in like you actually had a sign in there that said like there there were certain wrestlers that were banned <laughs> yeah. and you hated Roman. No. Or no. No. You, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Backtrack. So we had the Bard and each free list and he did something like that week on the show. It that was, was on the show. That, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So hold on, hold on. So he made the Bard list that week. That f- fast forward to Sunday Dan was somewhere with him, and he was like, look, and Roman was apparently thumbing through the menu at Jimmy's. like, man, I can't wait to go to this place. And my fiance, who was my girlfriend at the time, she said, I told her, I said, you know, the guys are coming in Monday night. We're probably going to be at Jimmy's late. And she's like, uh, not unless Roman Reigns is there, because she loves him. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'll make sure he's there. So Dan, she's like, uh, Dan was with him, and he was like, hey, um, you know, you got to come to Jimmy's tomorrow. He's like, I'm already looking at the menu. So they come in that night. And, uh, gosh, I feel terrible, like, putting it out there. He drinks, like, 20 freaking Oktoberfests <laughs> in, like, two hours. I mean, he was outpacing everybody. 
And I'm like, man, this guy's cool as shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on their way out, you know, everybody, they took pictures with all the fans, obviously. And we gave them all T-shirts. And uh, he's like, man, this is an awesome place. Who's the owner? I'm like, I'm the owner. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, I was younger at the time. He's like, no way. Because you, when, you, when you think of restaurant tours, you think of, like, these fat slobs that are just yeah. eating all the profit. <laughs> and uh, I think that's the, the, the biggest first impression that a lot of the, the talent uh, takes away. Uh, Dan said that Mickey James, when she first met me, was like, there's no way that's the owner. Because I, I, I try to take care of myself. But, yeah, Roman's the man. Um, you know, he's somebody that I think we all look up to somebody that we look like. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's definitely a physical resemblance there to an extent. Um, I love his the calm confidence. Uh, he's a leader. I've gotten to know him. Uh, the way he fought cancer and beat it twice, like, really resonated with me. You know, I lost my father to cancer. We lost a bruiser to cancer. So um, he's just a, a really well-rounded, um, you know, you talk about Leo's integrity earlier. Uh, he just always makes the right decision. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. any time that I'm down or faced with, like, adversity or have a decision to make, uh, he's the first text that I send out, and he always puts me, like, on the right path every single time. That's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. just an all-around good dude with his charity and the things that he does for kids. I mean, if I told he, don't, you don't know ninety-nine percent of it. The, he, the, the fans don't. That's what he's a guy that I, that I see. You know, another one like for years, like <clears throat> the internet would like rag on Matt Hardy. Now Matt turned that like with the broken Matt, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, character. But I'd always like when the, if the internet would rag on the Hardys or whatever, I'd be like, man, you guys have no idea how good of a dude. Matt Hardy is and Jeff you know what I mean how good the Hardy boys are just I mean just amazing human beings um and and Roman the same way so he's one when I'd see as a promoter you know that because the WWE was because of Vince really the machine the machine at the WWE made Roman the man and then fans you know it's like it, you know it, it naturally well, you know fan, fans want to be in control so right. they wanted it earlier and, right. and, uh, yeah. and, you know, to their credit, like WWE probably should have done it earlier. Should have done it earlier, right. Uh, they were like, we wanted it then. We don't want it now. And fans are, you know, as Daniel Bryan says, fickle. Um, <laughs> but right now, he's being himself. Yeah. And uh, it's it's finally a pleasure to watch. I can't wait till the fans are back to see this the, incarnation of, of Roman in front of, of the crowd. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, fans are funny, so they might cheer him now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah he, instead of the piped-in audio right. of the crowd cheering, we yeah. might get a real reaction. <laughs> Point is, he's a real good dude. Yeah. And then and then since then, you guys you guys have become great friends. And he's done he, he's done some make-a-wishes for you. And uh, Yeah. Um, he's done anything that we have involved in charity, he does without even asking Vince or anything like that. Because you know, they have a million holes to jump through now. Yeah. Um, he did the, vo- the video for the Bruiser uh, when we had the event. Uh, he did a video most recently for our Toys for Tots event. Um, he's going to be doing a phone call for one of the restaurants that we're saving sometime this week. It'll probably uh, be out there. Uh, so you know he does. He's got the biggest heart ever. We did the Make a Wish together, which mm-hmm. I mean, if I told you guys the eight different things he had to move around to make that thing happen, you wouldn't believe me, but. He does stuff like that all the time, man. Like, there's a lot of anonymous donations right now on that restaurant page, and you guys can figure it out, man. Like, mm, he, he's yeah. not about the glory. He's not, he's just about doing the right thing and um, doing it every time and doing it consistently. And but, like, he's just a, a good role model, I think. Uh, and I think when the book is closed on him, people are really going to regret 
that year or two where they kind of turned on him. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, they'll probably forget about that. I mean, the one thing that wrestling fans are also, it's not just fickle. It's like, Dan, you used to always say it's bubblegum. Mm-hmm. Bubble Once it loses its flavor, mm-hmm. they're on to the next piece. Yeah. And that other piece is gone. That flavor's I, out I, of their I, mouth. I also don't know how long they can keep him. Oh, yeah, before Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's yeah. definitely yeah. on that path. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, in my opinion, I'm biased. I just think he's a better looking Jason Momoa at this point. And he'll, he'll start taking roles from him at, at a minimum. Right. Uh, if he's got any acting ability at all, he, you know, so. I feel like he's doing this almost as a, a favor to the WWE. This is my opinion. In, in a year or two, he might be gone. Yeah. Which is kind of the way it was with The Rock. And even to this day, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, I'm always going to help y'all out. Y'all are, you know, mm-hmm. what got me to the dance. But I'm the highest paid guy in Hollywood. So <laughs> yeah. I got things to do. At a, yeah. minimum, at a minimum, I think he can reach Cena's level. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, and I think, too, that there is also that, you know, like Steve Austin talked about it. There is that struggle of stepping away from performing, um, you know. In, does in Steve Austin have kids, though? Oh, yeah. He's got two daughters. He does. does he's he? got the so two daughters. Roman's got a lot of kids now, so he's got to start oh, yeah, thinking about them, too. You know, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sure he's getting used to being home every day but one and, right. and watching his kids grow up. So, you know, when that schedule picks up again, if it does, and they got to be on the road five, six days a week, he might be second-guessing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could that be when he segues into a part-time role yeah, as, maybe. you know, The Rock and yeah. John Cena and some other I think I, I read somewhere done. that they're going to do away with the house shows when they get back. Probably. Well, they were okay. – you, you, you I, I mean, that was something you read about and I read about that was really just – they did it, it – I guess the la- the, the previous – the couple of years before uh, everything fell apart in the world, um, the house shows was kind of a dying model mm-hmm. that they just continued to do it for the reps so they – Mainly, so mm-hmm. the guys could get their reps in. I mean, the benefit of the house shows was guys being able to get in the ring with each other and work, leading up to big pay per view matches, and be able to see like you know live reactions mm-hmm. um, at certain things, mm-hmm. you know, certain points in the matches, and be able to tweak things. And then for obviously the greener guys or younger guys to kind of just get the reps in and be in front of people. But um, it, you know, it seemed. I mean, you know, the last the last couple of years, you would. The house shows just weren't the same. Like you know, I feel like the house shows were very good for families, and that's that's kind of it. Right. That's really it. I think uh, number one, they did it for the families. Number two, to sell merch, and number three, just to see what what does and doesn't work because they could try some new stuff out. Yeah, the thing I didn't like about the house shows is that is that well, at least here in Baltimore, they'd have them at the same arena that they'd have the pay per views. Mm -hmm. So and they charge the same ticket prices. So I feel like if if they were going to come back and do house shows, maybe look at some of your community college mm-hmm. auditoriums or, you know, the way, like, I'm NXT sure runs. a lot of politics you know, there, though. Like, right. I'm sure there is, and there's contracts and stuff. But I'm just saying, like, as a fan's point of view, like, I don't want to spend $70 for a house show mm-hmm. seat. You know what I mean? See, and also, personally, like, I prefer the house shows to the live. Well, oh, yeah, gosh, I yeah, do, yeah. too. But, like, cost-wise. And then also, I feel like it just kind of diminishes the luster of the big pay-per-views. If you're having house shows in the exact same arena. Like, I'll go to a house show before I'll go to, you know, a, a pay-per-view or a regular Monday Night Raw or something like that. 
Um, but in fact, the last WWE show I went to was a house show. So, you know, I, I do prefer that, but I just think that having it, and like I said, that's in this town, it's in the exact same arena as the bigger shows and the pay-per-views. And I just feel like, and they're kind of cost the same. I think so, we're, we're, eh. we're spoiled here in Baltimore because we are considered a large city. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they go to these towns like South Dakota and stuff, I bet you on, on a Tuesday night, it's the only game in town. Oh, I'm sorry. They're probably yeah. so appreciated oh, yeah. to have yeah. them there. That's why I Even like, probably the Salisbury here. shows as well. <laughs> well, that's where NXT started running. And back in the day, WWF used to do the Salisbury smaller shows. Mm-hmm. Um I think um, you hit the nail on the head with the merch. Remember, oh, yeah. now we have the internet. I remember at one point, if you wanted to get a replica toy right. belt, mm-hmm. you had to wait till yeah. WWF came yeah. to town to go or to the, the right. or the new right. T-shirt or, or, or exclusive stuff. And now all of that stuff's yeah. right at everyone's fingertips. Yeah, it, it, it very well might be an outdated model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, you know what is it an outdated model? If I could jump in here, and that's um, you know, all of the different we talked about. Buy me a cup of coffee. Um, you know, um, Patreon is a big one right now, but also GoFundMe. And um, Johnny, I know that in particular you have a, a GoFundMe that's going mm-hmm. right now. We flashed it up there on the screen there. And um, if you wanted to contribute to it, we want to show you how with this next uh, brief interlude. And we'll be right back. All right, here in Baltimore, it's called from Baltimore for a reason. We're a big little city. Now, unfortunately, because of that, within 15 minutes, you can get in the car and go to any surrounding county. And with the new indoor and outdoor dining ban, which has gone on for weeks and months with no one in sight, unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of our customers, a lot of our employees go out into the county and support these restaurants that are open. Now, safety's always been uh, number one, first and foremost for all of us and for the county restaurants. This is why you're seeing these caseloads decrease in the county despite the restaurants being open. What's happening now though is tragic. These city restaurants are struggling. They're not gonna make it through the next couple weeks. They're not gonna make it through the next couple months. You cannot survive on care at only. You cannot pivot to change your model like that. What you're seeing is people that are holding on by a thread. We need to be there for them. We need to help them. Unfortunately, the Ravens didn't win, so I didn't get to pick a place for Barstool to help. And we've been so fortunate as a city. Barstool's already helped a few restaurants here in the city, but we can't count on them. We have to be there for each other. We have to show the world what Baltimore is about, and that's what I'm here for today. I don't have a catchy name for it, I don't have a catchy logo for it, but we are gonna raise money, and I'm gonna do everything in my power. I'm gonna call in every favor that I have to raise over $100,000, and we're gonna support these places that have been showing up in my mentions like crazy. GNA Restaurant, 90 years, the Chaucer, Shoddy's Point, as I mentioned, the Angle Inn, we've already started you know, helping them out as much as possible. We've already raised over $15,000 for them. Sliders by the stadium. These places won't be there when this pandemic's over. If we don't step up right now and help them, you're going to see a McDonald's there. You're going to see a Burger King there. You're going to see a TGI Fridays there. All these places that you have so many memories in are going to be gone. We have to step up. We have to save them. We have to be there for each other and show the world what Baltimore is all about. We're blue collar. We have strong stock. We're about neighbors helping neighbors, and there will be no bar left behind. Baltimore, we have to rise up together right now. They need it. They need our help. And we got to show the world what we're made of. And we're back live here, episode two. Uh, last we showed you, charitable organizations, the GoFundMe that uh, Johnny Crabcake set up for the rest of the restaurants that are suffering right now in the Baltimore area. Local, local hero, if you will, uh, to a lot of folks that are you know, having troubled times right now. Uh, but we wanted to talk a little bit more about giving. That's right. John, t- can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this philanthropic 
I knew what you're it's trying to say. Philanthropic. Philanthropic. Philanthropic role. You know, because you're really a pillar yeah. in the community. And can you just tell our fans and our viewers a little bit how you got onto that journey? Yeah, it's two-pronged. Uh, first of all, obviously anybody here can attest to this. It, it all starts with parenting. And my, and my father used to beat it into our heads that, you know, he came here literally with nothing in his pocket. Didn't know the language. And the community embraced him. And they uh-huh. gave they the would real also, American dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Would, and he would say, you know, this community gave me everything I have. So you have to give everything you have back. And the next part of that was, and you're going to find this out with your son, Loyola. It's like a really special place. And the, of all the takeaways that you get from there, and they had me for seven years, middle school and high school, is to be a man for others. And that goes with most Jesuit schools. Uh, they teach you that, and you, you go on retreats, and uh, it's it's a way of life. And then, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have a little bit of success here recently, and I've just been able to amplify my efforts. We've always had a semblance of giving back in the business model. Uh, it's it's who we are. It's part of our DNA. But things uh, have kind of gotten cranked up a little bit because people need a lot more now. So I would I obviously love to help everybody I can. But we're doing everything we physically can do right now. And all the charities that we work with, Sugar Soft Side, Special Olympics, uh, nobody's being left out because of the pandemic. So just because we're not at 100% doesn't mean that we're not going to give them 100%. So we pulled off Toys for Tots virtually this year. Same amount of toys, if not more, a ton of money. Shout out to Chris Jericho. He dropped a $400 donation in there. Um, So that was amazing. Um, and most recently with this, uh, you know, I really feel this is – I think everything that I've done in my 37 years has led me to this moment right now with what I'm doing, uh, what Baltimore's doing. And um, I just kind of cashed in all my chips. I called in every favor that I had, mm-hmm. and I told – and I'm not even 40% of the way through it with my, with my Rolodex. So I'm going to be <laughs> – you know, the, the, the it's – amazing seeing these calls and i don't know if you guys saw the one that we did yesterday to the magician and that one really hit home with me because this kid his father's been his family's been in the entertainment industry their whole life entertainment meaning like circus and his father was actually ronald mcdonald for 20 something years oh wow and they took everything they had um they opened a place called illusions downtown and it's like a magic theater slash bar. I've been there. It's yeah. awesome. And apparently I've been there. his father died five years ago from mm-hmm. cancer. So I'm like, man, like this is this is sitting home big time. And they can't open because they don't have a kitchen. So this kid's been taking yeah. jobs, like busboy jobs and stuff like that, just to make ends meet. So we hit him with a call yesterday and told him that he got selected. And there's so many more of those, right? Oh, wow. And I don't want to give away like who's next on the list, but there's some really cool stories coming up. And cool right. meaning like when they look back on it and it's a happy ending, it's cool. Right now they're going through hell. So we're doing everything we can to raise funds. This guy, Marcus Lemonis, has already dropped $40,000 into that fund. Mm-hmm. One, we get to 350000 he's going to put another 20000 into it. A lot of the Ravens stepped up in big ways. You know, Marlon Humphrey, $10,000. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Stanley, $10,000. Um, Trey Mancini from the Orioles put $5,000 in today. And the minute it comes in, it goes right out. We make wow. we, we make we we make a decision. What a committee does, I'm not involved in it anymore. Um, we find a celebrity, make a phone call, and we get them the money. It's the right. coolest thing That's ever right now. Um, it really is. And um, I don't know when this stops. I don't know if it stops because people are going to need help for a long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. But you guys know when when in the wrestling business, man, like when you catch fire and the timing's right, mm-hmm. you got to ride that wave, man. So That's right. You know, if we have – 
a stone cold like run with this thing for two three years, and we can help out as many people as possible. We'll keep it going. At some point, though, I gotta like transition it off the Jimmy social media because we're not even advertising like crab cakes and stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's all like, hey, we need your money to save these other restaurants. Well, now is this trend and this movement going to spread? What do I you think, think so about because that? Uh, you know you said you saw me on Fox Forty Five, but I've literally done every media that I can do this this whole week. Uh, you know, Fox Forty Five, WBAL. Mm-hmm. You know, my, one of my best friends right now is has become Rick Ritter from WJZ. So oh, he's, right on. he's always uh, putting us on WJZ as much as he can. Uh, at some point, I do expect like, the wrestling sites to pick up on this because the wrestlers are becoming involved with it. Uh, I'm just, you know, Rick always told me never say no to any media because you never know where it could end up. Mm-hmm. So if Absolutely. a podcast that you're going to mock because it's like two guys in the basement uh, has three listeners, one of those three listeners might become a customer mm-hmm. and spend, you know, 100 bucks with you for the next... 20 years absolutely right. yeah. so you know we're just trying to spread this message as much as possible if a national outlet comes along at some point you know i'd love to talk to them uh, but i think this is national news because of social mm-hmm. media this mm-hmm. guy marcus yeah. limonis you know he's got a cnbc show he's adopted by greeks and he's you know really become touched by this like, he has millions of followers and he's checking in on this seafood restaurant in dundalk Right. Uh, to see how far along they are. And just today he tweeted at us, hey, pick up the pace. You know, I'm trying to give you more money. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm hitting up a couple NBA guys today. I'm like, hey, this is what we're doing. And nobody said no. So it That's shows great. you how genuine this really is. And especially when they see these videos coming out of these people, with, you know, tears in their eyes. Because, I mean, God, Dan, like, imagine you've worked on this your whole life and something completely out of your control takes it away from you. It's not right. Yeah, and these people have had it taken away from them, and, and it's it's not right because they're just going. They're, they're literally losing not only their customers, but their employees to the counties. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, when they do reopen, um, they're going to have a hard time finding people not only to sit in those chairs, but to work on the other side of the bar because right. somebody that needs that five hundred bucks a week from their job to pay their rent can't wait for the place they love working at to reopen. They have to go to the county and find another job. And, mm-hmm. you know, the detrimental effects of this are going to be so long-standing because now you've not only done it short-term, but you're doing it long-term right. because you let your city residents go to the county and discover a new meal mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. never knew about, right. discover, make a connection with somebody behind the bar that is now their personal favorite server. Mm-hmm. And instead of coming to the city three times a month, they're now they're down to one time a month. Right. And it's well, bad. Maybe no times. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, man. Well, because if it's not there anymore, if it's right. if it's boarded up, they're not coming back anymore. And, right. um, and you know, people are creatures of habit. Exactly. You right. know it is. So, yeah. and not only that, but you know the Ravens had a hell of a playoff run this year. So, you know, you and your buddies go to a certain place and they're winning and winning. It's your new good luck spot. Right. right. So when the season opens next year, they're going to be, hey, remember last year it was a good luck spot. They won six in a row. We got to go back there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So absolutely, and you know, uh, back to you and your family again. Um, what you know, well, again, what really impresses me, and and I, I hope people take in is your your place. This is all happening, and you you're doing this at a time your family's business was shut down. Yeah. So it's what always has really genuinely impressed me about you. Like your restaurant was shut down, your family business was shut down, and you're thinking. How can I help everybody else? Right. You mm-hmm. know, and um, that's that just it, it goes back to you and 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 you're using the tools 
um, you know, you got a lot of avenues with Jimmy. You had like the the, the food trucks and mm-hmm. your social media. Exactly. Your, you know, meal, your prep meal prep service. business, meal prep service. Right. Yeah. So if, if anybody was equipped yeah. to handle a pandemic, it was us. Right. Yeah. Right. And Which I is I feel guilty about, and I think it's BS because I hate watching people tell these 60, 70-year-old restaurateurs, you got to pivot, bro. You have to adjust. <laughs> like, no, man, that's not how it works. These people, like, have been doing this for 40 years this way. You can't expect them to go on Twitter and tell people how to come to their carryout. That's not how things work. Yeah. And like I said, I felt guilty because we were able to have the food trucks. Did I know there was a pandemic coming and that's why I, I opened up a food truck? No. Did I know there was a pandemic and that's why I should – invest more money into e-commerce no that i know there was a pandemic coming so i should set up like venmo accounts for the bartenders no like it happened and we just happened to be set up but mm-hmm. i'm the exception don't look at me and be like oh see he can do it so all you can do it that's bs like so i that's why i started this i had to stick up for them and be like just because we're like make, treading water we're not doing well because <laughs> we're treading water than the rest of them are and right. you need to not only help them right now but you need to become aware of who they are and when things open back up Go help them out. So this kid with the magic place, illusions. My hope is that all the Jimmy's followers, and we're approaching like 300,000 between the three major platforms, find out about this guy and take their date there when he reopens and overwhelm him with love and success. And the ne- and like I know, look, tomorrow, me and my buddies, we're all going to the Angle Inn to watch the football game because we want to show them support. And, we- and continue this movement. It's not just a financial movement. It's love and it's Baltimore. It's neighbor to neighbor and it's who we are. And hopefully when the Book of Baltimore is you know, written, they're going to remember 2021 as the year that Baltimore took care of its own. That's great. Well, I know. I'm so happy to hear that Illusions got um, that. Actually, it was Bruiser who told me about that place. Really? He took his ex-girlfriend there on a date. Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> you'd probably really like this place. And so then I was like, oh, okay. So I went the next weekend. And it was a fantastic show. So I'm really happy that he's been supported. Yeah. And I think a lot of people probably don't realize the razor thin margins mm-hmm. that most restaurants operate. All, all under, restaurants, you know, I mean, yeah, right? Most, if yeah. not all. So they're not in a position. So, like you said, you can't just flip a switch and say, "Okay, well, we're going to modernize mm-hmm. now and do all these things." Most restaurants aren't in a position to be able to do that. So, you know, you're able to do it, and you doing it and giving back in this way is so powerful and so hopeful. I mean, gosh, I know. I mean, I supported myself through college working in restaurants. If something like this had come along, I, I'd have just been homeless. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you've worked in restaurants. You know, you you know, I mean, you don't have that stability. Yeah, the, the same way as a wrestling community, we hate the word fake. Mm-hmm. Um, people in our industry hate the word real job. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, go get right. a real job. Well, right. you know, I have re- real bills. Yeah. All 152 of us that work at Jimmy's. So I need yeah. real money to pay those re- real bills. Yeah. And we're pretty good at doing our real job. So yeah. don't, you know, admonish us. Don't tell us how to live our lives. Right. And it's a very respectable, honest living. Right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. For sure. And you do take very good care of your employees. We didn't talk about that yet. Actually, a couple of my um, students are employees oh, yeah. <laughs> there. <laughs> and, um, you know, you, you are taking care of them. You've done some really creative, mm-hmm. innovative things with the raffles, and people mm-hmm. can do that. If you want to tell us a little bit about that, if you're going to keep doing well, it. Hopefully it's over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, during the most recent lockdown and during the first lockdown, too, I, I promised them that they would they would not be laid off. Uh, they were scared. I, we, all, oh, yeah. I, we were all scared, yeah. no matter what business you were in. Sure. But especially our business, they were scared that they had no income and they weren't going to be able to support their kids in some cases, uh, mm-hmm. pay their rent, pay their tuition. And I promised them. I said, "Look, you just you stick by me, and you promise to do your best. Whether it's calling 
customers and thanking them for purchasing something online, whether it's responding to comments on social media, whether it's working the food trucks, I'll have work for you. Mm -hmm. And I will also f find new ways for us to make more money, whether it's the raffles, whether it's the t-shirts, whether it's the online drink tutorials, you're going to make money. Yeah. Like, you got to be ready to work. Like, it's, right. you know, it's not going to be welfare. Like, you're not going to get to sit right. home and collect a check, but you got to be ready to work. And we made it through two rounds and there was a feeling of relief. Uh, I told my fiance that yesterday was my favorite day ever working at Jimmy's. My 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 favorite day besides that was the Make a Wish with Roman because mm -hmm. that was amazing seeing this little kid like light up. Trip was his name, but yesterday it was like such a feeling of relief. We just wanted to work, man. We wanted to serve people. We wanted to bust tables. You know, we wanted to make drinks. That's all we wanted to do mm -hmm. for six weeks. We wanted like the opportunity to make an honest American living, and it finally came back. Imagine the. The, the one thing you love was just taken away from you while everybody around you could do it for six weeks and yeah. then you get to do it again. It was awesome. That, yeah. It'll be like our first show back. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I told Dan, sure. you got to get a stadium for that. You can't do it here. Yeah, yeah we already yeah. are thinking about that. I, yeah. Well, yeah. We're, we're looking at bigger uh, yeah, places. Obviously, we know that the first show back, we're all excited, is probably going to be a big one going to celebrate um rj's life yeah. so and I know i'll be I'll, I'll be on that card yep. yeah absolutely <laughs> so um i'm not going to have any problem filling that card out yeah. not at all so, <laughs> no. well john listen i know um you got to get going you guys are just open back up and um we got uh phil stamper coming up oh that's us, right giving us the indie roundup for what happened this past week and weekend in indie wrestling he was traveling i think in florida yeah um and then we'll come back after that and 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 finish up with some things we want to talk about but man um i love you and i'm so thankful of uh the friendship that we've developed and um for everything that you've done likewise man love you too and Thank uh you. sorry i blew you off that first time around man uh, sorry, <laughs> it's sorry. All good now. you see that you see that even then i i didn't uh even then, I was trying to cover for him. I didn't want to bury him. <laughs> like, I'm not going to bury him and say, he just treated me like a jabroni. <laughs> we'll have a conversation. But, um, yeah, man, no, seriously, you've, you've become one of the uh, people I, you know, I, I'm really close friends with and I look up to um, and, uh, you know, I, I try to model what we do after, you know, everything you guys do. And I'm so thankful. Well, I guess we all follow, we all follow the Vince model, I guess, to an yeah. extent. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, good luck. Thanks yeah, for thank coming you. in. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on down. Thank all right. You. Absolutely. Send it to Phil Stamper for yeah, this let's week's indie, indie Roundup. He'll fill us in. Yep. Uh, I can't wait to be back in front of you again. Uh, this past weekend saw a lot of wrestling action. There was the Independent Wrestling Expo out in Texas. Uh, I happened to go down to Florida this weekend for Ignite Pro Wrestling. Had an opportunity to see some folks that I hadn't seen in a while, including Casey Lennox, a Baltimore native, made her way down to Florida herself. Uh, so that was great to see her in action. I got to see the international superstars, or two of the international superstars, in Ellie and Justin Blacks. I really love those guys. I really like seeing them in action. Overall, uh, Ignite Pro Wrestling... Great time, fun time. Uh, it was also just great to be in Florida. You know, I'm a Maryland guy. In Maryland, it's 30 degrees. We're, we're getting an ice storm right now. I was able to go to Florida, 70-degree weather, eat outside at a restaurant. You know, great time. I had a great time. Uh, but this coming week, even more action. And you know what? One of the things that has been very challenging for both wrestlers and companies is trying to keep content alive and fresh. And, you know, certain jurisdictions, you can't have a crowd come together right now. You can't meet inside and weather is not really uh, amenable to allow for uh, an outdoor event 
to provide some of the physical distancing that's required for some public events right now. Uh, but there are some events that have adjusted to doing things like closed door events. So, for example, the School of Morton ran uh, by WWE Hall of Famer Ricky Morton, one half of the Rock and Roll Express. Every Sunday night, his training school, uh, the School of Morton, puts on a live event. At 5.05 p.m., the School of Morton, live on their Facebook page, you can go check them out, constant brand new content. And some companies are trying that out, or they're doing uh, the same kind of thing with no crowd events through different streaming platforms like IWTV or Fight TV or HighSpots.com. All people trying to come together to provide content. Even ind different independent wrestlers are doing things like, well, launching brand new podcasts, or maybe they have a, a game streaming that they're doing. I mean, I'm no stranger to streaming a couple games here and there myself uh, and talking with other people in the world of wrestling while I'm doing gaming, uh, just as a way to bring new content for people to go, hey, we're still around here. Uh, so it, at, at the same time, there are still people who are trekking up and down the roadways. I mentioned the international superstars. I mean, Justin Black's one week, you saw him on NXT, one week you see him on AEW Dark. So it's interesting to see that people are keeping up those, those loops. Uh, I, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't mention other folks that are making some of those same kind of rounds, like Ariel Dominguez out of Florida, Casey Navarro out of out of New Jersey, who had opportunities to go to both AEW and to uh, WWE for different shoots for different reasons. Um, but great to see them making their own names out there and getting some attention on them. Uh, and, and that is still possible in the middle of a pan middle of the big gimmick right now, right? Um, but so let me go down through the list a little bit and tell you about some of the events that are coming up. Uh, one of the other weekly events that happens uh, is every Thursday, AR Fox runs a school called WWA4 out of Atlanta, Georgia. They're having events every Thursday night. On Saturdays, down in Texas, Metroplex Wrestling. Metroplex is a place like I have my uh, very fine-tuned eye on the things that they're doing at Metroplex because so much great talent is down there. They have their own setup. They have their own building. You know, sounds familiar, right? Uh, so I want to see a little bit more of them. Uh, they have some great guys like uh, Dexter Hardaway and Wesley Crane and Matthew Palmer, who j you just got to see over at Impact Wrestling against Moose. Um, so I want to see more action from them. I kind of want to make my way down there, to be very honest. Uh, let's see what else. This Friday, we have Pro South Wrestling out of Alabama. We have Resolute Wrestling in Tennessee. We have VIP, uh, which is an affiliate of Pro Wrestling Dallas out of Halton City, Texas. Uh, I also like watching their, their stuff. I've gotten an opportunity to actually bring them on to one of my wrestling streams. Uh, Pro Wrestling Conquest out of West Virginia. And then on Saturday, two Victory Championship Wrestling events out of Alabama. Uh, Revolutionary Wrestling Entertainment out of Arkansas. Generation Championship Wrestling, the real GCW out of Florida. Uh, Lariato Pro Wrestling Guild in Georgia. NAWA in North Carolina. Ohio Wrestling Alliance in Hilliard, Ohio. The Tennessee Wrestling Alliance in Tennessee. New Texas Pro Wrestling out of Texas. I guess I didn't have to say that. Did I? Did I really have to say Texas? Uh, New Horizons Pro Wrestling in Australia. And this Sunday, World Class Wrestling Association in Arkansas. Firestar Pro Wrestling out of North Carolina. And the School of Morton. School of Morton is one of those places, uh, closed door event, but running brand new content every single Sunday. Brand new shows every single Sunday that you can check out on their Facebook page at 5.05 p.m. every single Sunday from the School of Morton. That's right. Ricky Morton. Rock and Roll Express. Uh, I'm looking forward to what's going to come next in the world of professional wrestling. It's an interesting time for all of us, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. In the meantime, if you have folks that you want to uh, say, hey, why aren't you talking about these guys? Hey, why don't you get a look at these guys? Feel free. 
message us at the MCW podcast. Let me talk, let me know about it. Let me bring them up. Let me talk about them. And how can you find out about more independent wrestling events coming up in your area? Check out WrestlingCalendar.com for the latest upcoming wrestling events. And hey, if you're a wrestler and you're looking for events to get on, that's not a bad way to go too. My name has been Philip Stamper. It's been great to talk to you about this week's Independent Wrestling Roundup. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the MCW Cast. At MCW Pro Wrestling, much like many small businesses throughout the country, the pandemic has presented many challenges. For a company like ours that hosts events with live audiences, the impact has been even more severe, and all of our forms of revenue have been cut off. In order to continue to engage with our fans on a regular basis, we made the decision to begin to produce the MCW Cast and are providing it for absolutely no cost on Facebook Live, Twitch, YouTube, and SoundCloud. If you'd like to support us during these challenging times, you can do so in several ways. The most popular way is to buy us a coffee to help fuel the cast. Just go to buymeacoffee.com backslash MCWcast, and for just $3, you can buy the cast a coffee, or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just $5 a month and receive several special perks. That's buymeacoffee.com backslash MCWcast. You can also contribute directly on Cash App, MCW Wrestling, or on Venmo, MCW-Wrestling. You can also show your support for the MCW cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com backslash stores backslash MCW cast to pick up a full line of official MCW cast merchandise from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts. Also, don't forget to comment in the threads on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch to get your questions answered on a future episode. And you can also send us a tweet using the hashtag AskMCWCast. Thank you for your support. And now, back to the show. Thank you, Phil. One of my favorite parts of any podcast is the when Phil fills us in. And yes, I do enjoy saying it that way. I like saying it that way. I think it's fun. I don't but think there's anybody that gets around on the indies much like Phil. I, I agree. But you know what? I'm going to be following him. Uh, he mentioned uh, his trip to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be heading down to Florida next month. Florida, of course, being one of the only you know places where the jurisdictions are lifted for gathering. So pro wrestling does live in Florida. And throughout the pandemic, it has. So I'll be looking forward uh, to making my, I believe, third trip down to Florida during the entire pandemic. I've, I've been down there three times now for shows. So, And what, what organization is that? You know? uh, so uh, the company that I work for that has been traveling to Florida is called ICW No Holds Barred, um, kind of deathmatch oriented uh, wrestling, which, of course, has to be outside because of the light tubes, the glass. Right. You really can't have that indoors because that, that uh, could cause some damage to the fans. Uh, so it's it, they've been all outdoor shows, and it's been a blast, really. Um uh, kind of a little little more level of anxiety with the traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you still have to go through TSA and all of that. Uh, but um, the the shows have been a hit. And like I said, I'll be following in uh, Phil's footsteps heading right down to Florida next month for ICW No Holds Barred. What do you see in uh, when you go down there for the group? Are they drawn pretty decent or are fans comfortable coming out? Well, uh, well, they're outdoor, they're outdoor right. deals, believe it or not. And I mean, like I, I did one in November, so it I mean, even though it's down south, it was still chilly. Right. Um. So yeah, you know, the fans were bundled up; they were evenly spaced out. Um, there is no mask mandate in Florida. Uh, there is not a mask mandate, and I'll tell you, an interesting experience I had was at one point during one of the shows, I mentioned, uh. 
you know, hey, we want to take care of ourselves. We want to take care of each other. I see a lot of masks out there, and we want those masks up. And when I tell you, some of those fans looked at me literally with their arms folded like, I, I know he's not talking to me because I'm not putting anything up. And I was a little kind of taken aback. I'm a pretty popular announcer. People mm-hmm. like what I have to give and offer up. And typically I get cheers for things I say. But Like the fire exits. Like no the one fi- does it like you do. Well, indeed. And, and, and other aspects of my mm-hmm. spiel, if you will, always welcomed and adored by the yeah. fans. But when I made that announcement about, hey, I see a lot of masks out there and And we like that. So let's get those masks up to take care of our fellow neighbor. Mm -hmm. Those Florida people were looking at me like, get a rope. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I was like, I was like, okay, never mind. No more announcements about that for the duration of the show. Uh, But but you know what? Notwithstanding, the fans are just so happy to see something, to be able to experience something live. And I think that's that's one of the reasons they assume the risk and. Knock on wood, so far so good. Uh, you know, several events during the pandemic with ICW no holds barred, and we've been we've been knocking home runs out of the park, and no no COVID you know cases or outbreaks. So, yeah, I think um, I think that, that that you know, and we're seeing signs of life here. Um, oh in yes, Maryland, you know, right. Talk of kind of fill the fans in where we are um, right now. The the state athletic commission, the Maryland State Athletic Commission, is pretty strict on their guidelines. Um, working with the Maryland Health Department um, and a company like Ring of Honor, um, what they're doing to in order to have shows or have their television tapings um, and the protocols that they're, they're being held to are pretty strict, and that's okay. You know, they're doing what they have to do, but right now it's, you know, that's still with no fans. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're from an independent wrestling company that's not on national television, um, it doesn't make sense for us to go through those protocols right now to have an event with no fans and no national television show. Right, right. Um, Ring of Honor is kind of in a position where they have to they have to do what the state wants um, in order to tape and have content to send out to what over a hundred affiliates. Stations. Yeah, yeah, affiliates all over. So, but what you're seeing now, I think, with in the past week or so with the governor wanting schools to go back and, um, you know, Baltimore City uh, loosening up. It seems like guidelines. It looks like, you know, for the first time in 10 months that um, there might be some hope on the horizon. I don't think we're going to return next month. I think it's going to be February or March. Um, Realistically, me and Dennis, you know, are hoping for maybe like late spring, early summer to be able to do something or get back to a live event with fans. But Obviously, it'll it'll be a as it is a week by week, um, you know, week by week process to kind of see where we get back to it. But at least for us, I think it's the first like in last week or so, first time in a while that that we've kind of been hopeful. Like, okay, well, there's some signs like things might be loosening up, and we might be getting to a point where it's, it's possible. Yeah, you know, I'm so, you know, I know that this isn't planned or anything, but I just am talking to you as a promoter. Uh, you know, I work with a lot of different promoters across the country, and and a lot of them have been doing these kind of uh, closed door tapings where there are no fans. Uh, there's not even really a roster of wrestlers. Maybe like you know the two wrestlers and the ref that are involved in the in the match. Um, 
you know, they come, they do it. I'm thinking of things like The Masked Wrestler, which is an IWTV series, an episodic series where we would come together, no fans, just whoever was involved in that particular contest and get it in the can uh, for, for digital distribution. So is that anything you ever kind of thought about the benefit? So we, me and Dennis have talked about it. And um, again, you, to take this back to um, when this first happened, you know, um, we really believed, like I guess, mo- like most people, um, when they said, you know, two weeks, um, that it was only going to be two weeks. Yeah. And then, okay, maybe a month, and then two months. So it wasn't until all of a sudden we're shut down for four or five months that we're like, oh my god, this is. Then it becomes very much like you're in the twilight zone. Like, is this? Are you ever going to get out of this? And um, I just have never, and I still have trouble watching and grasping wrestling um, without the fans and producing wrestling without the fans. It's really tough. We did it, obviously, you know, when we put it together, um, you know, what we put together with RJ's show, but it's just, it's really difficult for me to grasp. Um, Have we, you know, now since it's been 10 months and we haven't um, had anything, right now to do it or film it in the state of Maryland and do what the... uh, the protocols that the athletic commission have in place for like ring of honor it's it's not financially doesn't make financial sense for us to do so i understand um, yeah mm-hmm. i mean i know that ring of honor is spending tens of thousands of dollars um to to put people in a bubble to quarantine them for days for what this what the state of maryland has put forward now that being said it appears that other surrounding states, like maybe a West Virginia, might be a possibility. Maybe Delaware, they might be a little less lenient. Um, states maybe without real, um, without athletic commission right, sanctioning right. and calling their shots. Will it get to a point in the next couple months that we could possibly do something like that? Go to another state, film some shows for digital distribution. That's possible, and we've talked about it. I wasn't really a fan of it, but now when we're coming up on a year without mm-hmm. producing a show, it's something we're talking about, uh, maybe to fill this last gap, um, you know, to get over the finish line of, of returning to the live mm-hmm. shows with people in Maryland. I, I probably wouldn't spend the money because um, it just wouldn't make sense to film it in Maryland uh, as long as the guidelines and protocols stay as they are. It's just... Um, it's a lot to ask just to, to film a show to air on the internet. Again, Ring of Honor and Sinclair, they do it. Absolutely makes total sense for them because they have hundreds of television stations and they need mm-hmm. that fresh weekly content. But for us right now in Maryland, no. But it, it's possible we might end up in the next couple months doing something like that in, a, in one of the surrounding states that mm-hmm. opens up. Well, you know, and, and we're at a point now 10 months into this where we have the benefit of hindsight. So we're able to look at these other companies who have gone out there and done the empty arena shows. And we can kind of learn from their mistakes. So when we do it, you know, which I think it, it probably will be the first step, you yeah. know, to, yeah. to get something in there. Um, so, you know, we can kind of look and say, hey, this worked, this didn't work. So we can do that. And this also, 
you know, being at this crossroads is what has led us to do things like this with the podcast and, you know, finding some other ways. Um, you know, we've been putting out new content on our Pro Wrestling Tees site. Uh, we have our Teespring site where you can get merchandise. And, of course, we've got the podcast here that you can support, you know, through Buy Me a Cup of, co- buy me a cup of Coffee yeah. or Venmo, PayPal. You know, we're trying to do some things here to kind of, you know, uh, bridge that transition. Um and also to add to that list is our um, our training center. Right. You know, we've been able to operate as a gym. We've got lots of people coming through the training center. We've got very strict protocols in place. You know, so we are in a position that we've got some things going on in the works that maybe some of these other companies don't have. And um, when we talked to John earlier about restaurants, uh I'm expecting to see a lot of these indies shut down and fold up because they're not going to be able to necessarily recover from this. You know, they don't have the means that we have to be able to do some different things like we're doing. Yeah, right. And and we don't know. <clears throat> that's why I asked about the fans coming out because that's that's the other thing too. We don't, you know, we we had you know at the MCW arena we had shows every six weeks or so for six or seven years. Packed shows. Packed shows. Yeah. Um, you know, hundreds of people. Are you going to be able? There's a lot of things yeah. to think about as a promoter. So, are you going to be able to, you know, 500, 600 people? If we get to where we can do that, are, are they are they going to have five or 600 people that want to come out? Then you get to okay. So, when you bring in a lot of the stars, you know, guys right, that come in, right. what they charge? Some of them charge. Is it going to be? Do, do you have to do shows for a while and not bring in the stars because maybe you won't get enough? people comfortable coming out to yeah. support that. So there's a lot of balls in the air. Yeah, Judge can you imagine a, this out. an autograph session where you're standing six feet apart from Kurt Angle? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like so, so You just spent $100 to meet Kurt Angle and get a piece of paper signed and you got to stand over there. Stand on the Yeah, X. yeah. <laughs> those big money, those and those big money, um, you know, autograph signings a lot that we did over the years, they, you know, look, it, if we're charging $100, $150 to meet somebody, there's a good chance we were probably paying them twenty, twenty five thousand dollars. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, big money. Yeah. Um, so you know, are are those are guys like that? Are some of those are there anybody that's coming in off WWE television? Um, are they going to be? Are they going to want to sit there mm-hmm. and be comfortable with a hundred and fifty, two hundred people coming up? doing pictures like that's mm-hmm. so that's the whole thing that's that was our our business model you know doing the meet and greets working out packages with guys usually like you know everybody negotiated different but that was part of the package like doing the meet and greet along with the show and appearance on the show or wrestling on a show depending on who it was um and is that going to be viable or are, are, the, are the talent going to be comfortable doing that or fans going to want to do that you know um it's gonna it's gonna be easing back into it. It's just you know you, it's you know it's um I guess one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And the first step for even worrying about whether we do can do meet and greets is just being able to do shows. I mean, look, I'm all for people being careful with their health, um, but man, I miss it. I miss mm-hmm. it. It's been you know it's been taken out of our lives and uh. I miss doing the shows. I miss seeing the fans. I miss producing, producing and promoting the shows. And um, you know, I, so I just, I just want to get back to doing the shows just as much as probably anybody. Um, and that's the first step. 
Yeah, well, you know, in the meantime and in between time, uh, with with not having as much wrestling, uh, new fresh wrestling to digest, I actually overheard a very interesting topic over over the past week that was discussed on uh, another podcast, another pro wrestling podcast, the Jim Cornette Experience, our friend Jim Cornette, Mm -hmm. for now. Um, And um, the question was posed from a fan, um, and I'm, I'm throwing this out there for all our hashtag AskMCWCast uh, Twitter universe users, because we want questions as well. The question was, what is the best booked non-wrestling entertainment out there? I don't want to say TV show because it could be movie. Uh, but what would be, you know, in your opinion right now with not so much fresh wrestling storylines, that thing that attracts us to watching every week of SmackDown, watching every week of Raw or whatever have you, what's the best booked uh, with the themes of wrestling show that you watch and you tune into every week. Um, I'm curious, um, Larry, when, uh, when you heard that, because I didn't hear that, what was what was the answer given? Well, you- um, so for the fan that wrote into the Jim Cornette experience, they mentioned uh, the, the Netflix series Cobra Kai. Ah, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, you know, kind of a, a rehashing or a up-to-date what's going on with all the folks from the Karate Kid, you know, film series in the 80s. I have not seen it, but Dan, I have not. I have not. I've been. Oh, you guys got to see it. And (laughs) did you like the Karate Kid? I love the Karate Kid. And I've had so many wrestling fans, just like how you just encouraged me to watch it. Mm -hmm. Tell me. Yeah, I got to catch up on it, Tara. Maybe you and I can, you know, catch up to the the bandwagon here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's a they took this iconic movie from 25 years ago. And it's like, you know, it goes dormant for 20, and all of a sudden, 25 years later, and they start retelling stories. Yeah. Based on, you know what I mean? And going back to, and it's just, it was crazy. Like from the first series, I, I, I um, when it, when Cobra Kai season one came out, it was a YouTube, it blew me away. Cause it's like, they, you know, you, you watch this, right. And it's like. Um, Daniel Russo like white meat baby face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But then they make you think, wait a minute. Maybe he was the heel. You know what I mean? Like through the, through the first, and it it like right from Cobra Cobra Kai season one, it sucked me in because I'm like, yeah, son of a bitch, he was the heel. I, like Daniel Russo was the heel. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like so right away it sucked me in because it's like, oh, I never. I never thought of it like that. You so, know when they're telling the story of him and they're going back and like revisiting and the breakup and the girl with Johnny and they're like, wait a minute. He was the antagonist. Just like you know, yeah. themes in wrestling. Like, yeah, okay. So that was good. That's a good choice. Yeah. Is that your is that your pick though? Would you say that that's the best book television? No. Um, I got I um, Breaking Bad. Okay. Um, that's another one that I consistently wrestling Dude. fans are encouraging me to get it. I've not watched that either. I haven't either, Tara. I haven't watched Breaking Bad oh either. Oh my god. Cuz <laughs> the first if you watch Breaking Bad, here's I've heard a lot of people say this. Um a lot of people have said, "Well, like I watched the first couple episodes and it's slow." If you're going to you got to promise me to commit to the first season because it is slow. It's a slow build. Okay. It's a slow build to watch um to watch the main characters, the teacher, um, Heisenberg, to watch him become, slowly become this character. So the first season is slow. 
But after that, man. How many seasons seasons, are there? Like five, I think. (laughs) Okay. They went out on top. It was like five. They were smart. They like, they closed it down. When they, when they, when they closed it down and wrapped it up, it was at a point where it was like a fever pitch where it was really catching on and people were like buzzing about it. And then they like pull the plug and everybody's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Didn't they have that spinoff show, Better Call Saul? Is that the right show? They did, but it wasn't the same, (laughs) man. It wasn't like when, even me, because I had just gotten into it the season before and I had caught up on like Netflix. Mm. Uh huh. And when they pulled the plug, I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, what are you doing? Like, I was just really sucked in. I mean, yeah, it's slow character development and just such an interesting story of this. You know, it's a high, he's a, he's like a dorky high school teacher. Like mm-hmm. most of us probably thought of our dorky high school teachers. He was like a chemistry teacher. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, middle class family struggling to pay their bills. He gets basically diagnosed with cancer. He's overwhelmed. He doesn't have good health insurance. Man, probably the story of, so many people in America, yeah. you know, of so much mm-hmm. middle class America, and he runs into like a student. He catches him. He's like on, on a stakeout with like his uh, brother in law, who's a DEA agent, and finds one of his students. He was like selling meth. I can't even. I, you know, they end up, and he basically ends up like making meth, and then like people are like, "Oh my God, this is the best meth ever!" It's yeah. like all he did this once because he's a Chemist. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he like, has a greater understanding of it. Yeah. Understanding and makes this like, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and then he becomes, then the, the, the series unfolds, and then he ends up ultimately being this drug lord, but he transforms from this like dorky teacher, this like, stru- you know, to this super heel. But you can't help but love him. And, it's and the, you just like fall in love and you can't. He's doing all this terrible stuff. But like you're like, but this is why. Like you're justifying mm-hmm. it like really in your mind. I find it's a show that was like I'd be thinking about after, especially the last two seasons, after each episode. Like I'm justifying in my mind what he did. Which I is mean, the same. terrible, but he... He needed to do this because of this, yeah. Same things as, like, in wrestling. Yeah, you know right. how many times, you know, as growing up 1996, Shawn Michaels could do no wrong. Oh, you know, because, I, you know, I saw him come from the Rockers and turn on Marty Jannetty and all of that. I'm going to tell you when that happened for me in wrestling, when I was, like, really connected, like, emotionally. And it's what Breaking Bad made me think of. Man, when... um. When Randy Savage turned on Hogan. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. You know, I was, I was in high school, and I was, man, I was distraught for a couple days, but I, I justified it. And I was like, you know, he's right, man. Hogan does have lust in his eyes. That's right. <laughs> you know, he does, man. Yeah. He, he's lusting, and you know what? <laughs> He did touch Elizabeth's butt when he was. <laughs> yes, he did. I, I he remember was, the footage. You know I, mean? I remember like, the footage. He slapped her butt. Yep. And he touched her. Well, butt. He, he he motioned for he her to. Cut, let's not. Don't bail Hogan out. <laughs> right, right. He deserved it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. Best book shows that. That we're talking about all these yeah. years later Hogan and Savage and Elizabeth. Tara, what about you? What do you, what do you think's the best book show on. I don't know what's the best book show, but I'll throw out to the fans what I'm currently watching. And if they want to go to ask MC, hashtag AskMCWCast and give their thoughts, if they're also watching it, I'm happy to respond. But my two 
I'm watching WandaVision and uh, season two of Snowpiercer. I love Snowpiercer the movie. I love season one. Season two, it's got all the elements of a wrestling show. You've got the politics backstage. You've got all of this, you know, somebody striving to get to the top. Um, You know, those are my two. So if any of the fans out there listening also are watching those and want to chime in what they think about them, I'm all ears. Awesome. Well, I want to throw mine out there because this, I mean, when I was listening to the Jim Cornette experience, I was thinking, well, what would mine be? Mine is actually a new show that I discovered about three years ago. It is called RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. You've told me about this. Yes. I need to check it out. Yeah. I've seen it. it. I just have, I mean, I've seen it come up on the, you might want to watch this or whatever. Okay. Exactly. Because they're monitoring the types of things that we are entertained by. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if on a lot of wrestling digesting fans, you know, radar or recommended for you would be RuPaul's Drag Race because a lot of the same themes with the ostentatious characters. So the thing about pro wrestling that has always really hooked me is that even though these guys are in competition, there's another competition that's going on, which is like I can execute these moves flawlessly. Mm -hmm. And that's from my trainer. So even though, you know, there's one spectacle that's being put on, one achievement that the competitors are going for they also are trying to outdo their competitor for the fans to be like oh he's the showstopper leo rush is the one that i'm coming back for Mm -hmm. because of the performance that they put on well rupaul's drag race has those same elements of competition they're all together to make an overall show Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day there's only one queen that can take the crown so it's like the the element of competition is there obviously they're not fighting it's more dancing and singing and and that type of thing but that to me currently on TV, is the best-booked non-pro wrestling show. Interesting. It even comes on opposite SmackDown on Friday night. So it it, it almost is in direct competition for that demographic. Okay. So... I used to watch another show that he was a judge on, and it was a body art one where they, oh. um, I cannot for the life of me remember the name of it right now, but it's on Netflix. And that's why that show, uh, I guess, must have come up and, you know, recommended because yeah, I yeah. watched that. And he was a judge on that. And um, it was really neat because they would just do this gorgeous body art, this spray paint, the, uh, like, airbrushing body mm-hmm, art. Mm-hmm. And they would always have these different challenges and stuff. And I, I loved it. So I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> it, when I remember the name of it. <laughs> Right on, yeah. Well, but I think, uh, Tara, you hit the nail on the head. Fans, we want to know. Like, mm-hmm. let's ask that question to ask. Yeah. Exactly. Hashtag ask MCWcast. What do on you Twitter, think? Yeah. Ask, hashtag ask MCWcast. Yeah, what do, you, what do you think is the best booked non-pro wrestling show on TV right. right now? Or even legacy show, you know? And it's, hey, look, it's been a crazy week this past week. Something we should acknowledge um, probably is uh, the passing of Larry King. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. He was um, uh, a, a journalist and um, news personality that I always felt was really fair to our industry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think he definitely loved it. Even in the worst of times, um, you know, when everybody else was, was trashing the wrestling industry, like the unfortunate, you know, Chris Benoit incident, um, I always felt like Larry King, um, Larry King did right by the pro wrestling industry and was always good to it i felt in in that instance and also there have been other times when um very high profile wrestlers have passed and Mm -hmm. he gives them their you know bring someone on to give them a segment of the show and just absolutely Mm -hmm. always really paid the respect the reverence to what it is that we do and didn't just basically you know another one bites the dust Mm -hmm. you know that type of attitude so yeah absolutely rest in peace larry king 
uh, a pioneer in journalism and yeah. Well, one of the great things about him is his natural curiosity. And I know he's spoken about this in past interviews and so forth, but I think that he applied that natural curiosity, the who, what, when, why, and where, to every single interview he did. You know, and whether he was a pro wrestling fan or not, he still approached it the same way that he would approach, you know, an interview with the president or something right. like that. So I, I I respect that natural curiosity. I'm one of those naturally curious people as well. And I think that that was what made him such a great interviewer and why people were willing and eager to do his show and to have that experience with him. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Larry King. Speaking of the president, we have a new one. Yes, indeed, we, we do. do, and not all WWE Hall of Famer. Did you Did you guys watch <laughs> the inauguration? Um, I watched. I watched uh, some of it. I mean, it was kind of hard to miss it uh, on the day that it was going on. But I watched some of it. I definitely didn't watch it from beginning to end. Right. Uh, but I watched some of it. I watched a little of it. My job decided to have a conference that I was presenting at um, right about the same time. Oh, fun. <laughs> um, I know. I was like, who booked, who booked this? Yeah, right? Really? <laughs> I mean, all of us, we were t- chatting about this. We're like, really? Who booked this? So yeah. everybody's attention, we, you know, we all had multiple monitors up because, of course, our, our conference was virtual. And, uh, yeah, so I, I watched bits and pieces of it. But, of course, the part I wanted to see was right when I had to present. So that was, that was Do, nice. do you know what my favorite part of the inauguration is? Like and this has been consistently since the past couple ones, is learning the new president's middle name. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh! So we just learned the what R, the R in Joseph R. Bob and Ro- Joseph R. Biden is Robinette. Really? I never even realized that until you just said that. Now that you think of it, yeah. Yeah, remember when they... we learned Barack Hussein? Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. I, I I took a gulp. Because I didn't know I remember when, when they swore Barack Obama in and they said, I, Barack Hussein Obama. I, I gulped. I did the Vince like, wait a minute. What, what do we do here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know j- all j- right, joking, right. you know. But Larry, that's fake news. Well, it's it's one of the most exciting reveals for right. me. Herbert Walker, okay. you know, whatever their middle name I is. I never even realized that until you just said something. I'm like, you know, you're right. I, and I didn't even realize, but I remember hearing his middle name. And was like, you're right. I'd never heard. I'd never heard his middle name. Well, I had never heard that name before, Robinette. Yeah, yeah, that's a very unique name. Like yeah, it's like Robin, but Robinette. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so very interesting. Well, there was also a lot of buzz about what people were wearing to the inauguration and the color scheme. That's right. We had um, Michelle was in kind of that crimson, mm-hmm. and um, new vice president elect uh, Kamala Harris was in the purple. purple. I believe mm-hmm. for her sorority. Mm-hmm. Um, along with there was one other other person in purple. I can't remember who it was. Michelle Obama was in crimson for her I sorority. Remember. I had actually, yeah, I had it pulled. But I, I'll tell you this much: yes, the fashion was very high and very uh, note, noteworthy, all things considered. Um, gosh, I just lost my train of thought about what I was going to go into next. But um, oh, oh yes, one a big thing for me was um when they had uh Bill Clinton, George George uh, W. Bush yeah uh, W. And Obama all go into kind of this amphitheater and give a, a, an address to the nation mm-hmm. about all rallying together around our new leader. And um, conspicuous by his absence was the former president as of the time that they filmed that, which was WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump. He had he wanted nothing to do with that. So <clears throat> I thought for, for Bill Clinton, because he just always pops me, one of the most interesting things from the inaugural was him falling asleep. 
Did you see like the memes or something? Oh like, no! Like, it, got, it got overtaken by Bernie or something. Oh. It was like a clip of this, like anything with Bill Clinton. Quick, just pops me. So yeah. Quick. I mean, I pop huge for Bill Clinton. Yeah, there was like a there was because I didn't see I didn't see all of it, but there was like memes going around of him. Did he fall asleep or something on it? I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It was a very long, arduous ceremony. It was a meme, but it. it it was like starting to trend, and I and but it got overtaken by like Bernie, Bernie meme. yeah. But uh, honestly, Bernie meme overtook like anything with Joe with Joe Biden being inaugurated. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, you mentioned that it was a long drawn out thing, and this I'm relating this to wrestling. The lack of uh, fans in attendance, let's say. Mm-hmm. So there was a limited crowd, of course, socially distanced and spaced outside. It was cold out, as we could tell from Bernie. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was very chilly out. Um, but that's you know, probably what wrestling shows are, you know, we're going to have smaller crowds and stuff like that. I mean, one good thing is that this year we do not have to have a debate about the size of the inauguration crowd. Oh, yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. But what I'm wondering is, you know, you mentioned that it was long, arduous, and drawn out. Like, you didn't, ha- there wasn't that same buzz of excitement of a million people out on the lawn, you know, cheering and stuff. So, you know, that, it, it, it has that effect. <laughs> well, it, it fits right into kind of everything this last, like, 10 months has mm-hmm. been nothing the same right. guys can you yeah. imagine the wrestlemania we just had remember that wrestlemania they had in the performance center with no one I right. the first wrestlemania no i haven't watched it i won't watch it i can't watch wrestlemania i can't well Dan, the only wrestlemania i haven't watched i get i understand did you watch did you watch undertaker versus aj Styles cinema oh I man watch, and i know people said mm-hmm. you should but wrestlemania is just yeah is so mm-hmm. much about the spectacle and I just I didn't watch it. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't. You yeah. know, I, I haven't. It's the only WrestleMania I haven't watched, and I just haven't been able to bring myself to sit down. And I know people have said that and that match, but um, yeah, for me, it's just it's just not the same. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I I, I enjoyed uh, Undertaker versus AJ Styles. I also enjoyed Drew McIntyre winning the championship. And then immediately being challenged, like immediately uh-huh. before he even got to the back to do photos, kind of like uh, Brett and Yoko at yeah. WrestleMania 9, and then immediately accepting the challenge. So you get like a bonus match right. when you think you're about to see the WWE logo. Thanks for joining us, guys. And then there was a bonus right. match, and it actually wasn't that bad, I thought. So. I just appreciated it wasn't seven hours. So that was... How long was it? Not the, seven not hours. It was two. It was two nights, wasn't it? It was night one and night, yeah. night two. Yeah, yeah, night one and night two. So that's good. Well, and I think that's you know uh, that was really smart on their part too because people don't want to be sitting there stuck to their TVs for that long. I mean, it, you know, it, it was and because it was different and because they had different matches and stuff that they were doing the cinematic ones and stuff like that. I think it made sense. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did definitely fall asleep yeah. through a lot of it yeah. um, because it just is not that same fervor. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I was like the inauguration, like nothing we'd ever seen before. WrestleMania, like nothing we'd ever seen before. And uh, hopefully, where there's a light at the end of this tunnel. Well, um, talking about uh, wrestling and the inauguration, uh, at what point do they book Trump back into this? What time? When does the heel come back? I, I mean, I think he's got to come back. He'll definitely resurface. It's just on what <laughs> avenue of social media. I'll remember not too long ago when he first started the campaign. Someone tweeted to him. When will you be back on WWE Raw? And he actually replied. This was not a news person. This was not like a, uh, it was just someone. And he replied one word, soon. 
Wait, this was after he. Was this was this was in 2016 oh, before okay. he was president. Oh, when okay, he was okay, when okay. he was doing the campaigning to become yeah. president, someone tweeted to him, "When are we going to see you back on WWE?" And he tweeted well, one word soon. So remember the the first episode of SmackDown. Remember I remember on Fox he was he was it was being talked to, and apparently that word was he was going to do it, but then I guess. You know, politics. Yeah, politics, like yeah. Like, you know, and Fox, I guess, was like, no. That's that's the word I get. I, I'd never had any official. I heard I had probably as much insight as, as anybody anybody else not involved in WWE, but the stories you kind of heard were like, yeah, I guess Vince, it was talked about. And that would have been huge. Oh, yeah. Obviously, that's the one thing I think Vince has kind of like, even though ob- he's got an obvious friendship with Trump. Oh, yeah. But he's just kind of stayed away, so I guess he just – they stayed away from it because they didn't want to turn off fans that yeah. they were. But, he, um, so. he let Linda do all that work, all that yeah. out front work, you know, yeah. and he uh, was yeah. behind the scenes there. So, hey, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We talked about Royal Rumble last week. Uh, our predictions, I guess some new new participants were announced. Uh, entrance, do you, do you see any? Uh, I still don't because I just, I, I li- you know, yeah. Brock Lesnar makes such limited appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, and he pays him so much. Right, money. right. I mean, I'm just looking at it that promoter standpoint. If I'm paying Brock Lesnar the money per appearance that he's that he's paying, he, he always. It's one thing with Brock. You know, a lot of guys you see that they call it. The, you hear hear people call it the fifty fifty booking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. They do fifty fifty booking with guys. Ricochet loses, lose. ricochet wins. Right. You know, and, yeah. And it's it's. I think personally, it's so detrimental. Oh God, it yeah. doesn't help. But with a guy like Brock Lesnar, when you're paying guy. You know, tens of thousands of dollars to hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars per appearance. You you can't really you can't really do fifty fifty booking with a guy like that. You kind of got to. I mean, that's just me. You know. You well, have, you know something, Dan. I I remember my prediction last week was uh was Bobby Lashley for the Royal Rumble win. And I think now that I I kind of process what I said last week and when processing what you're talking about this week. That is the dream match that we have never and Bobby seen. Bobby Lashley wants it real bad. He wants it real bad. They both have MMA backgrounds. I'd like to see it. I, I would, I would watch that. I would, yeah. We want to see it before they're too old. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I wanted to talk, but while yeah. they still can go, yeah. that's the match I'm banking for. We yeah. didn't get Undertaker Sting. I'd love to see Bobby Lashley and Brock. So I'm sticking with Bobby Lashley to take the whole, whole dang on deal. Oh, and I'm sure as the week progresses, you know, Royal Rumble's coming up next uh, next Sunday. So I'm sure, I'm sure as the week progresses, we'll have some more entrants. I think that there's still, what, 18 or 17 or 18 spots open yeah. for the men's Royal Rumble. I've heard rumors of yeah. Cena, The Rock. I've heard all types of rumors of people who right. might get in this thing, you know. Well, so My favorite part of the Royal Rumble is when they throw in, like, the old school guys. You yeah. Know? Like, you know they're not winning, but it's just the pop, you know, when you yeah. hear their music. Again, like, that's my without, favorite part. You know, I agree, game, yeah. That's what, I mean, to me, how awesome was Edge? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, except for the camera cut, that yeah. weird camera cut. I, yeah. I, I still – I remember watching that and just being furious. Yeah. You know, his first move mm-hmm. back, the spear, yeah. it cuts to, like, the crowd. And I just didn't yeah. – I was so furious about that. And for me, it was a few years back in uh, Madison Square Garden where they bought Piper and Snooka out back-to-back mm-hmm. as, as surprise entrance yeah. to the Rumble. And they had their kind of, like, you know, square yeah. off, yeah, you know, right, at, right. at 60 years old in the Rumble, you know. Uh, so, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm sticking with my, my okay. prediction. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever they give us for the Royal Rumble. All right. Well, with that being said, it's probably time for us to take it home, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what? Uh, I just all this talk earlier tonight with John in here talking about the great food and the service at 
Jimmy's Famous Seafood. I know I mentioned it a little bit. We talked about the Bruiser Burger. I just want to tell our fans that if they'd like to uh, support Jimmy's Famous Seafood and also help out the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, go check out the Bruiser Burger. It is a pound of meat. It is delicious. I will... It say is that I've amazing. had yep, you've it. Had it. You haven't had it yet. I haven't had it just yet. I haven't had it just yet, so, but my mouth is watering right now looking it at it. It's delicious, but a dollar from every purchase goes to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society until they establish a fund in Bruiser's name. So if you'd like to, MCW fans, support us. Have a great, uh, great burger. Dan, let me ask you, did you eat the whole thing? I had to take part of it home. Yeah. Okay. I, wow. The, the Bruiser burger made me tap out. I mean, well, I mean, that's like the, basically like a bruised yeah. mission on your yeah. on your stomach. Yeah. You know? I ate it. I ate the whole thing. Wow. In one part of it, part but of... I didn't eat the bun or the fries. I have to say. Okay, I well then. I don't do carbs. So, but I ate the pound of, I it was get delicious. Like you. It was so good. Part of it probably had to do with the crab dip that I ate before that. Oh, uh, so yeah, okay. that's what yeah. gets you is the appetizers. Yeah. You have yeah, some mozzarella sticks. Amazing at Jimmy's. Absolutely, yeah. Great. Especially yeah. the staff. I love that staff. So, yeah. And you can get this for carryout or you can dine in because now they're open for a dining in but you can also pick that up for carry out i'm hoping that it makes its way to a food truck i think that would be awesome i think one of these nights after our podcast we're gonna have to head to jimmy's right after i think that we might as well and maybe you know film a little something there and we'll have uh, the bruiser burger challenge that's what i'm thinking you know that sounds like something (laughs) that that's an episode of the of the mcw cast yeah (laughs) on the road if, if you'd like to see us tackle the bruiser burger challenge go to ask mcw cast on Twitter. And tell us who so, you think yeah, would win. <laughs> you know, out of all three. I haven't had it yet. Tara got through it with no bun, no carbs, and Dan had to tap out. I had to tap out. Yeah, but I, I'm up for the challenge. Right. I think we should do something. <laughs> and uh, in addition to the Bruiser Burger, great, great cause. We're always giving back. That was the whole theme of how mm-hmm. we can give back to each other and take care of our fellow man and woman. Just wanted to shout out, buy me a cup of coffee because we're still, we're still, yeah. you know, we, we're looking we for those. coffee. Buy me a coffee. Dot com backslash MCW cast. And the mugs. Don't forget That's about right. these cool <laughs> mugs, the MCW cast mugs. Spring.com. That's right. And I'm gonna whenever like I said, I'm gonna bring coffee in and, and, and sort of sample it and talk to you about it, give you shouts out. So definitely go on to uh, uh, buy me a coffee slash MCW cast. All right. Well, Terry, you want to drive this on this ship home? I guess so. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for another exciting week. We had a great guest in studio today, and we hope that you check it out. And we will see you next next week. week. Yep. Here at the MCW Cast. See ya. Watch hundreds of hours of MCW Pro Wrestling action at MCWRageTV.com. That's MCWRageTV.com.